I remember you saying your dad was kind of like born again Christian yeah. towards the end of your high school. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that was generally the case. I mean, yeah, I would say they would, they did kind of, yeah, they forced me to go to church. They forced me to go to youth group. They forced me to go to Sunday school and all that stuff. Um, and then um, kind of towards when I did decide I wasn't anymore, when I, I did tell them at one point and uh, the response I mean, it was less than stellar. Uh, the first thing that happened was my my dad told me to get out. My mom told me to stay. And then... His victory was getting away from the concrete jungle. There was no religious message? I I don't... I, I miss that if... I forget I forget that if... If, there if a river that. appears out of nowhere and kills so. you, that means God's talking to you. Yeah. <laughs> you were talking about how you know you you would uh you prayed to god like oh i i give me a sign i i did that too i think a lot of people do that that kind of become secular later on in life you always you always kind of get to that point where you're like hey god you know i'm really thinking like are you still there are you are you actually there are you talking to us i mean what's what's going on with that is available to the billions around the world on YouTube in 4K and audio streaming services like Pandora, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. If you like this content, please subscribe, like, comment, and share. And now onto the podcast. John, thank you for doing this podcast. You have a sensitive topic, so we don't have your video recording. The sensitive topic is you left faith, so either I'm guessing Christianity and... Um, why, why you guys stereotype Christianity? I, I think I at, or I think I asked you, John, on our phone conversation prior to this. Oh, it, also, John is a biblical name. <laughs> yeah, kind of. <laughs> gotcha. So we're we're going to talk about these the tough topic of you leaving it, you dealing with your parents, the harsh. Uh, I I want uh, from your story it wasn't a harsh upbringing, but there are if I if I remember correctly, um, depends on you, the perspective, I guess what's considered harsh and what's not harsh. But to me, I, I think it's a harsh upbringing, the story of, of dealing with your parents, leaving Christianity. And then I don't know if we'll get into it. Also, you are bisexual. I don't know if that will play into the story as in how. how yeah. Well, okay. Oh, I don't know if, if faith, well, depending on what time you just, when that, that happened for you and if that affected. No, Bible says you can't do it with dudes. Yeah. Yeah. So what type of guilt you felt during all that? I mean, it's not exactly those words, but I've, I've yeah, I read that part. All right, John. So give <laughs> give us a quick uh, summary, maybe. What age did you start questioning faith, and what around when did you start noticing maybe your parents treating you a certain way that that made you question it? Yeah, this is this is going right in. John is joining us from somewhere in the U.S. Welcome to the Limley Podcast. <laughs> let's dig into your thank you <laughs> your, your disillusion of faith yeah. so um i would say that it started probably early on around uh freshman year high school i started to read a little bit more uh of like say isaac asimov a little bit more uh, i started watching a show called uh the the atheist experience which is uh one that i know a lot of people have deconverted through or you know having watched a lot of baits from them um and over time it just kind of grew and grew where i started having more and more doubts um and then 
you know, junior year hit and I kind of realized I'm like, I, I think I'm no longer religious. And, and for as far as my parents, you know, go, it was at the time, it was just, uh, they had a lot of things going on in their lives. My, my, uh, my grandmother had passed away in my sophomore year and my grandfather passed away in my senior year. And in during that, and around that time, my, uh, dad kind of became more, uh, faithful. He, he went from being kind of relaxed in, in his religious beliefs to being a lot more stringent or a lot more, uh, I guess, um, Oh, what's the word? Probably more uh, devout. Devout, and like you passionately as I believe. Kind of, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I I would say he almost there's like a element of him almost becoming uh, uh, like almost born again. I would say you know in that mm. that kind of frame of mind. I would say. Uh, whereas I kind of went the opposite way. I was just not seeing it. I wasn't you know I wasn't buying into it anymore, and I was getting to a point where I just mm. didn't didn't understand like i you know i, I went from being pr- fairly religious um and believing all of it and like i remember i remember when i was a kid like running upstairs trying to get away from the demons in the dark at night you know kind of a thing and so i could get under the covers because you know the covers keep you away from demons mm-hmm. kind of a thing. <laughs> like the whole monsters under the bed thing oh. um, but that's not then, that's not really a religious thing though right that's just no 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 kids. okay no, no, absolutely. For me, it was, I mean, aside from that, it was born like I prayed every night kind of a thing next to my bed. And, uh, I, you know, I went to church with my parents pretty yeah. consistent. What, Metallica talks about that. Yeah. <laughs> what uh, What age was the, where you said you were reading Isaac Isamov books? What age yeah, why that? are you blaming Asimov for your... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> well, so in freshman year, I had a teacher who actually introduced me to Isaac Asimov as, as a concept. He was a science teacher and he started talking about uh, uh, Isaac Asimov because he was really into them and he wanted to share it with, you know, students. And it, it wasn't like a thing that he was like, oh, you know, become if it was more like he's a very interesting science fiction author. And I was like, oh, and so I read a, a story called the I think it was called The Last Question, mm-hmm. um, which is this involved story about a, a computer that is created by humans to answer the question of uh, how to solve entropy. And so over time, you know, throughout the generations, it skips ahead multiple times. And, you know, each time they've improved the machine and they keep asking this question of how do we solve entropy? And the machine just can't give a sufficient answer because it just doesn't have it doesn't have all the information yet. And by the time it actually gets the answer, humanity and pretty much everything else is gone. And the Mm. machine essentially realizes that it's kind of a god. (laughs) And so the machine in the end creates the universe again so that people can continue to ask the question. Oh. And so it's it's a pretty interesting loop of of uh, story. I mean, that's probably spoilers for anybody that wants to read Isaac Asimov <laughs> short stories. But but I mean, yeah, as far as as far as that goes, I I think that was a very interesting and thought provoking story. And I started looking more into his his works in general and i started looking into his life and i found out that he was an atheist and he was really big into say science uh he was a science enthusiast and he wrote a lot of textbooks actually mm, throughout like, his life i like where this is going i, I think i want to pause so i'm, I'm gonna sure. try to remember you're talking about a freshman year isaac, isaac asimov book i'm thinking yeah. i wonder if all three of us should kind of uh vocalize our stance on religion now just for our viewing our, our listening audience to know to set the debate to, uh, so they also <laughs> yeah. so they know if they should hit the stop button on their player right now and leave no they should hit the like and subscribe button right now <laughs> yes please get do. all the good get all the goods <laughs> please hit like and subscribe uh, put a comment uh, hit subscribe because you guys are watching our videos I, I see the analytics from um, YouTube if you like good Christian Buddhist 
believers like myself, uh, please support us with comments <laughs> about how, how full of crap Emmett is. <laughs> okay, so um, I'm I'm not. I was raised Christian uh, between the age of one to seven. My parents got divorced, and then my mom didn't push. Got cut. My mom got custody of of me and my brother, and then she didn't put push religion on us. So it, religion for me was never really an issue. I I didn't have anything terribly against it. As I grew up, I would say my views on science and the history of what religion has done on science has caused me to view negatively on on religion currently. Meaning, like if you look at, um, I believe it was when Mage- Magellan, I believe, with uh, sailing across the world, that stopped about a thousand years of research on the earth is round. So Christian or religion was stopping science from pushing the boundaries of what they thought the earth was. And to oh, me, you're saying that religion sometimes halts scientific progress. Yeah. And that really upsets me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we could be so much more into the future. Yeah. If we hadn't lost all those years. Yep. And then a second, uh, secondary thing was later in my life, as I started watching YouTube more, uh, I forget her name, man. I should have, I should have got her name. Um, there's a, a famous woman that left religion. She was, I want to say it was some type of evangel evangelic, uh, even evangelical, evangelical Christian, I believe where her religion wouldn't let her leave. And her whole community was working to not let her leave. And then they destroyed her whole, whole life in that city. So she actually had to leave and she did a TED talk. She's super famous. She wrote books on it. And when, when I listened to her, her, I think it was a one hour long TED talk. It was a fantastic story of showing how bad religion can get. So mm. not that every religion is, is bad and not every person treats, not every religious person treats another religious person like that. So I do realize that there are some Christians out there that, that they live a, a pretty moral life and even in my book of morality my the way i would judge judge morals mm-hmm. so i don't i'm not upset at those christians i'm just upset at what i think christian what religion is doing to society nowadays in my opinion so so sorry sorry let me uh <laughs> jump it over to emmett and then he could say his his stance uh, on it okay i could give my position in less than that time frame sorry yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh i am 45 years old i was born in 1977 my dad was a uh, a son of Irish immigrants, so obviously Irish Catholic, south side of Chicago. Uh, he grew up very poor. Um, he also um, went to like Catholic schools and learned Latin, and uh, uh, you know, a path for him was to go into the seminary. He thought from being an altar boy that he would want to be a priest, and so I, he went all the way through college. Uh, to become a priest, but decided at the end that he wanted a family more than he wanted to be a priest. Then the Vietnam War happened and kind of kind of shifted that whole gears. He met my mother in Vietnam because he was a Vietnamese linguist. But he got drafted. Uh, it's a little more complicated than that, oh. but basically he was going to get drafted. They, they pulled us, they pulled it by birthday and his birthday came up first. But um, so by enlisting before the draft, he was able to um, kind of choose his uh, you know, choose not to be on on the front line with a gun. Uh, it's like, you, you know, 
you went into intelligence thinking it would be a little bit safer, but unfortunately it made him a a spy. (laughs) And he was in Saigon trying to pretend uh, not to be a big white dude. (laughs) <laughs> on the streets of Saigon. So um that aspect of it it's fun it's funny that we're able to laugh at it now. Yeah. But yeah. imagine during those times that I mean that's him fearing death every moment every second of his life during that time. He always said he was scared shitless every every minute on the streets uh just cuz you never know. You know, you're such a big target. You stick out so much. Um but as far as sticking to religion, um there is a history of some Catholicism in Saigon prior to the US involvement. Because uh, there was French, uh, French visitation <laughs> to to Vietnam, um, and I I don't know if this is entirely accurate, but my view of the Vietnamese culture is that, at least with my mother, um, when it comes to religion, you can incorporate other stuff, and it doesn't have to doesn't all have to add up and and work like a math equation. Like you can be Buddhist, and you can believe in Chinese things, and you can. Um, if you want to bring Catholicism over, like, oh, cool, Jesus, yeah, sounds great. Like, we'll just have Jesus too. You like Easter bunnies? Sure. You know, well, so <clears throat> my mom or maybe the Vietnamese culture will will incorporate more and more. Like, more religion is better, not in a strict structural way, but just in, oh yeah, more in a superstitious way, like uh, lucky things and you know, we want holy things, we want good things, right? So, it's a much more vague concept. Um, but yeah, I was raised, uh, you know, Catholic boy going to church most Sundays. Um, so my parents, uh, thought that was the right thing to do is to have that. It wasn't like they were pushing it. Like you need to be Catholic or you need to be a believer. It was just, this is what, this is what you do, right? That's, that seemed like the right thing for them. So they, they put us in Sunday school and stuff. So, um, as I get into my high school years, I'm doing high school in Bangkok and that kind of fades away. And I think it's more a matter of instability than because they weren't that pushy with it to begin with. It was just, you know, somewhere we lost the drive to get to church every Sunday. You get distracted by life and doing other things. So, um, so I, I grew up a Catholic kid, but I was never super, you know, I did all the rituals, right? The confirmations and the confessions and, and so I went through the motions and then, um, I don't know, it was never a big struggle for me to decide whether, am I religious, am I not, do I believe in God or not? It just, it was kind of a slow evolution of like, you know, you see what everybody around you believes and you assume that's correct until things start to prove you otherwise. And so, you know, people are always praying to a God and then you start looking around and like, are these prayers working? Like. What are they praying for? Their kid praying for their kid not to die of cancer. Looks like that kid died of cancer anyway. So then you go, well, where's this God? Um, and I had I had a friend who uh, this is just one of like a million examples. I had a friend who ran out of gas a block from the gas station. And she goes, oh, thank God, I was so close to the gas station when I ran out of gas. It's like, well, what did God have to do with any of that? Like, did he engineer the car or did he fill up your tank or like, did he? Did he scheme it so that you could run out of gas so close to a gas station? Or like, why didn't he just give you enough gas if he was going to do that? Like the whole logic of it doesn't make sense. If you're a logical person, every part of religion and belief and superstition starts to fall apart. If you just apply the simplest logic of what makes sense, like what's, what, what are the facts I know are real? What, what is in the world around me? 
And then if you're gonna you're gonna come up with all of these supernatural beliefs, then then it doesn't quite make sense. It supernatural means that it's not possible by the laws of nature, right? So that's that's kind of where I'm at. It's like you know, I, I like all the the good parts of religion where people feel community and they, they feel connected to something and connected to each other and people seem to have a natural desire to want to pray and 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 have a lot of these beliefs but uh i'm i'm not so against it until you want me to believe something super ridiculous or if it starts harming other people right i mean there are there are some religions that drive you to do crazy things and and, and it's easy to look at and go oh that's obviously harmful so not good right so you you, you could go down a whole rabbit hole of of all of that but I'm, I'm trying to i guess say that i'm not i'm not really i i think i'm slightly more atheist than agnostic agnostic atheist means i don't believe there is a god right it just doesn't make sense like it's it makes more sense that ancient primitive people had some beliefs and the in the superstitions and they codified them into books and it, if you were in the old days and only four people could read and they could do this thing with a book and it looked like magic, right? So if it's in the book, it must be freaking amazing. So I, I don't know. It, it, the, an ancient book doesn't quite make something more verifiable to me it, it, if it doesn't match to the facts and the realities that I can see around me. <clears throat> I don't know. Is that what you meant? <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Okay. So, John, do you want to kind of summarize kind of your your views on religion, and then we're going to, I mean, we're going to end up doing a deep dive on you anyways. I think we got, we got three hours, so we're going to probably deep dive even more on Emmett's views on religion and my views on religion. So uh, just for the audience that's listening, uh, do you want to just kind of describe <laughs> State <yourself>? your case. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, so, I mean, uh, you stated your age, so I guess I'll do mine as well. I'm, I'm 28, uh, you know, uh, I, in general, I, throughout that whole time of me losing religion, I think I, I became more of an agnostic atheist, which is the label that I've, I, you know, a lot of those I've, I've heard weak atheism, strong atheism, or you could also put it as agnostic or Gnostic atheism. And the same way you can have, I mean, you could put it as Gnostic or agnostic theism. So uh, on the level of, you know, I guess in the way that I would define it is agnostic being, you know, I know, I do not know for sure. And then atheism being that I don't believe in a God. So I, I see them as like separate terms, at least for, for my, you know, my own intentions. So when you're talking about like agnosticism, I guess that's, that's what I would see it as is I don't know for sure, but you know, I, I'm, I don't believe, I don't, I don't hold the belief that there is a God. Mm. Um, whereas, I mean, I, I will say there are some gods that I will, I will call myself Gnostic to. I mean, ones that are incredibly ridiculous or things that you can definitely prove wrong. But I mean, yeah, you, you, you would say you're Gnostic too. But beyond that, I, I would say it's a moving term because you don't exactly, I, I, as far as the def definitions go, it would just be a, I'm not entirely sure. I can't say 100% that there isn't a god. But for now, I haven't seen the evidence enough to convince me that there is one. And so that's, you know, where I'm at as far as just the belief system goes. Um, as far as religion goes, I mean, I have no problem with religion in the same way I, I would say Emmett, Emmett said that, uh, you know, as long as you're not harming other people, um, I don't think there's any reason to, to, you know, to be angry or to go after people that are religious. I think it can be a very helpful thing in other people's lives. And for me, it's just not anymore. 
and that's that's for me i i always i always thought more of the truth and trying to be as as calculating or logical as possible with with myself and being reasonable with what i with i what i actually believe and so i can't force myself to believe in something <laughs> so mm-hmm. i mean the the default is me just not believing until until i can find such evidence to convince me um and that's that's really just where i'm at with my atheism i would say Okay, so should we jump back to your high school story where you're reading some Isaac Asimov books and you're enjoying them? <laughs> so, I mean... <laughs> Science fiction is the devil. <laughs> That's Harry Potter, actually. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, no, yeah, I mean, as far as that goes, I started with yeah, Isaac Asimov. I started reading a lot of his stuff, read a lot about his bio, realized that he was an atheist, and I started reading as to why, and he had some good points. And I started, I started realizing, I'm like, this makes more sense to me, a lot more sense to me. And it feels like this is kind of where I'm headed. And, and so I started, you know, I started watching the atheist experience. I found them online because I, I really like debates. I think it's really cool to be able to see two different sides of a story and, and hear from each side, uh, the arguments that tend to tend to be used in those communities. And so I would say that I mean, I didn't just listen to him and his, you know, people calling in because those can be kind of the low hanging fruit sometimes where you get people that are just like, you know, screaming at him or calling him names or sometimes they're just saying, you know, come on and be like, why don't you believe in God? And he's just like, I, because there's no evidence. And they go, but there's evidence all around. And it's that whole thing, you know, where it's like. Wait, so I, online you were able to find debates where Isaac Asimov is debating against. No, 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 no. <laughs> Oh, okay, <laughs> Isaac Asimov. I don't think he ever debated. I think he just wrote a lot about his atheism. I, I was talking more about uh, the atheistic the atheist experience is one. Okay. Um, I mean, current ones. There's a lot of different ones. There's talky. Then there's you know atheist experience. There's uh, um, the line. There's tons of different ones. Uh, you can you can find YouTubers all over the place nowadays that are atheists. But um, back then, yeah, for me it was ma- mainly the the atheist experience, which. Okay. So, so like and subscribe to this podcast, and then go find the atheist experience <laughs> if you want more more yes. debate action. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> so, so Asimov was a uh, prolific uh, science fiction writer. What in the fifties and sixties was that? Yeah, about kind the of right? up, up until about the nineties. Uh, his his final book was in his Foundation series, which was a, a really good, like hard sci fi series, kind of like Dune. Yeah. You know, very dense sci fi. Yeah, so um, he's he's a superstar of the sci-fi world and like a pioneer and a, a forefather of a lot of modern science fiction. Yeah. Um, I used to enjoy reading a lot of sci-fi paperbacks. Um, what's hard is if you're reading something that was written decades ago, it's hard because it's writing about the future. And it, <laughs> it was almost impossible, say, in the 70s to even guess where we'd be now, much less you know, 100 years from now or 1,000 years from now. So it's fun in that they take those explorations. But if you go back too far, then the science fiction is incapable of even knowing that we could carry around like computers in our pockets. So it'll, it'll get those kind of details wrong where you'll be in some fantastic future where you're teleporting around and handing over a piece of paper, you know, in, in some old fashioned way. So it's, it's, it's interesting to go backwards in science fiction that way. Um, yeah. But the thing I was actually going to think about, uh, did you read, did you study any L Ron Hubbard? Cause he was also, yeah. Do you know anything about L Ron Hubbard? I don't. Do you, John? Um, I, 
Yeah, I mean L. Ron Hubbard. That's that's the Scientology uh, founder, correct? If yeah, I'm thinking correctly. Uh, that whole thing about Zenu and I mean, I, I mean, I know some about you know L. Ron Hubbard. As well, I, I've, yeah. So as far as I know, he was a science fiction writer. He wrote Battlefield Earth, which was later a John Travolta movie. <laughs> so you know, a science fiction writer, right? And I don't know if I haven't studied it, but I, I guess he was at some point. He was like, man, I could invent a religion. This is stupid. Like. Anybody can invent a religion. You just put it in a book. And then he went and did it, and he invented a religion, and he wrote something like Dianetics, I think was the book. Um, and so he made up a bunch of beliefs, and then the Church of Scientology literally went and believed all this stuff that he wrote in a book. And this is in recent times. This was in the 70s or something, uh, somewhere in that time frame that, that he invented a religion out of thin air and got a bunch of people to believe it. And then notably, Scientology is popular around Hollywood, around the LA area. So then you get some, some celebrity interaction with that religion. So it's such a weird thing to me that the guy called it and was like, I could do this and went and did it. So uh, other than that, I don't really know much about it. That's, that's a very, so I was, I was curious if you knew any more about it, having read up on Asimov, did you explore? Uh, yeah. I mean, I do know, uh, I mean, I wouldn't say like I'm an expert on, on Scientology, but I've, I've heard a lot of things. I've seen a lot of things about, about them locking children in like rooms and, you know, kind of crazy stuff that you're like, I, okay, Scientology is yeah. a little bit worse than I thought it was going to be. Like mm -hmm. I thought, you know, a lot of people just think it's going to be some kind of bank thing for a lot of rich people where, you know, I mean, you see a lot of more wealthy people being in it. And, and talking about it. But. Yeah, you hear some element of like people being trapped or kidnapped or held against their will or some kind of some kind of like physical uh, capture. It seems yeah, like I've heard uh, with Tom Cruise and I forget his ex-girlfriend, but uh, where they want to try to get out of Scientology. But the thing supposedly is Scientology has in a way that so if Tom Cruise tries to leave, they have a bunch of it's like kind of blackmail i guess they have a bunch of information whether mm -hmm. his finances or his history and they'll leak it and then they also have physical um uh thugs i guess so mm -hmm. they'll send out scientology thugs to either break his windows his cars or windows on his house supposedly mm -hmm. that's what i've heard i don't know how true it is yeah. um it's as of this point it sounds more conspiracy theory but i've i've actually watched a couple youtube videos on it where this, they they try to show evidence that they they, they show that tom cruise it, it, and um i think her name she was on dawson's creek back in the day uh, nicole kidman no katie holmes katie holmes i think oprah winfrey oh, katie holmes i think oh. Uh, I think both of them want to try to leave. I might be messing up this whole story, but both of them want to leave Scientology, <laughs> and there's a bunch of, they say evidence that shows that they're fearful of leaving and they can't leave. Yeah, don't break my windows. <laughs> so yeah. anyways, okay, uh, back to probably John's story of... Um, yeah, sorry. On the I I Isaac Asimov. Now, I, I, have, I have a question on that. How did your parents uh, treat you on that? Going to school, they knew that you're going to be learning things of probably evolutions, science in public schools, and then reading these sci-fi books, did they, did they have any, did they say anything to you to not believe those things or how was it for you? That's, that's actually kind of the interesting thing to me is they didn't really, I guess, consider that that would be the case that, you know, I would, I would start reading those types of things. Uh, they, cause they, I, like I said, I was fairly religious. Like my, my mom knew I was religious. I talked about maybe wanting to go into the priesthood at some point when I was still like really early, you know, young, but mm -hmm. I mean, you know, so it was one of those things that for a while I was just 
I considered myself fairly religious. My mom thought I was religious and they didn't think I would ever go that direction. I mean, Psych. yeah. <laughs> so I mean, yeah. so did, did they, I, I kind of probably missed the beginning. Did they push religion on you through your elementary, junior high and, and high school? But yeah, I, I remember you saying your dad was kind of like born again, Christian yeah. towards the end of your high school. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that was generally the case. I mean, yeah, I would say they would, they did, kind of yeah they forced me to go to church they forced me to go to youth group they forced me to go to sunday school and all that stuff um and then um kind of towards when i did decide i wasn't anymore when i i did tell them at one point and uh the response i mean was less than stellar uh the first thing that happened was my my dad told me to get out my mom told me to stay and then uh they continued from then on to give me articles and things and my, you know, my mom would send me things and she'd be like, you know, I don't understand this, but you might kind of stuff. And she would send me articles that she thought would, you know, help me to convert back. Wait, when was this? This was when you were still in high school. This was like, yeah, towards the end of high school that this was happening uh, specifically. Okay. Um, and, and what but, happened? There was a moment where you, you felt compelled to like sit your parents down and tell them, Hey, I don't believe anymore. Is that- yeah. Yeah. Like I, I, I think that's, there's a point where I was just like, I, probably should tell them i mean at the very least maybe i can get out of out of going to church as much as i do <laughs> and that's why, so i came in i guess i i yeah so i went up to him and i was like hey i gotta tell you something and we sat down and i told him that i was that i was atheist and, and, <laughs> and your dad's response was like get out of my house yeah was the yeah. first initial response wow um but i mean they you know they've softened on that over time yeah <laughs> so I'm, i mean i'm I, trying to understand that reaction because i'm not a parent but um, but by chance, John, can do you remember that exact day, that exact moment where that all happened? Like, did you walk in the door and you already told them a day before? Then your dad was sit, sitting there, looked like he was uh, smoldering or something. Or how how did it happen in your eyes? What, what tell what us a story? It was it was all at once. I mean, it was literally. I just I sat oh, them okay. down to tell them that I that I was you know atheist in general. I was like, hey, so. I, I don't exactly remember how I worded it or what I said, but I, I went from, I think I, I had been probably fuming because I realized I'm like, my sister's not going to church. Why am I still going to church? And so it's like, kind of like, you know, I was still in high school. I was still a teenager. So I was more like, why, why am I still doing this? I'm, you know, I know I'm at home, but like, do I have to go? And so there was a part of it where I was just kind of like, okay, well. How old was your sister? Uh, she's four years older than me. How come so she? Oh, so she was already graduated and out on her yeah, own. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, when you're a um, kid, going to church is kind of torturous. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta sit there and behave. <laughs> yeah, I mean, by by the end of the whole thing, I was I was uh, I was falling asleep and in the pews and everything. And they, you know, they they continued to have me go after I told them I was atheist. You know, it was a big thing for them. They told me, you know, you have to continue going with us, and I did mm. for a while. Yeah, and I just continued to fall asleep. And I was, I was just kind of, you know, non-attentive, obviously I wouldn't, I wouldn't go up and get the communion anymore. And mm. cause I didn't, I mean, I felt that would be disrespectful if I went up and got the communion. I, I feel like that would just be disrespectful to, to the people there to say, Hey, I'm not religious, but I'm taking this. Mm-hmm. And so for me, it was more of a, I would guess it was a stand on trying to be, you know, somewhat moral and, and not, not overextending myself in that way. Yeah. Um, how much of a charade do you want to play? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Like I'm not, I'm not going into the priesthood and then being like, okay, you know what? This was all a sham. Like I'm not, (laughs) I'm not going that far. When I was 12 years old, actually one of my, or one of my best friends, his dad was, he was really close to becoming a preacher. I I remember him wanting to become a preacher, but, but what that meant, 
he forced us on Sunday mornings to go to church. But the, the, the agreement was if we wanted to hang out with him, when I say we, there's three of us, me, Jordan, and Jacob. Mm-hmm. If Jordan and I wanted to hang out with Jacob on sun, Saturday night, we'd be forced to stay at Jacob's pl- house Saturday night so to, to, and be forced to go to church Sunday morning. Gotcha. And uh, that, that was the, that happened so many times. I went to church so many times before, uh, uh, during that time. And I took that opportunity because, or for me being at the age of seven, when my mom took custody of my brother and I, as, uh, uh, my brother and me, and I didn't have to go to church anymore, I didn't have to think about religion. Mm-hmm. So around the age of 12, I had to start thinking about religion because I was forced to go to church to, to hang out with Jacob. Mm-hmm. And I remember it was after probably, um, probably like two years or something where I didn't, I was just going to church. Like as a kid, you don't care to go to church, but you just go. Then well, your parents m- tell you to do stuff. You can't be like, no. Yeah. 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 And I, it, after about two years, I think it was where I, one, one Sunday morning at church, I started thinking, do I really care about God? Does it, does it actually exist? Is this all some type of community that's causing me to believe it? And those thoughts kind of came rushing at me and I, I didn't, I didn't have an answer. I, at, at that moment, I started thinking, well, I don't have any evidence that God exists. I don't have any evidence that this stuff, these stories from the, this Bible is actually true. You thought this at 12? Uh, it was probably about four, 13, 14 at the time. Yeah. No, it's very advanced thinking. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. Um, I, I wish That's it would came earlier. Um, so I actually, out, it was, I would almost say it was out of fear more than anything at that moment, sitting there whenever, uh, the, I think the preacher told everyone to close their eyes and do that five second prayer or whatever. So I closed my eyes and I said, Hey, if there's a God out there, you're giving me no evidence that you exist right this moment. I'm going to say that you don't exist, but if you do exist, let me know, do something right this second. If you don't, I'm going to walk away from your religion, not out of disrespect to you, even if you do exist, but you're not giving me any evidence. That's the exact words I said to myself about the age of 13 or 14. Mm-hmm. And then that was kind of it for religion for me at that point in my life. And going forward, that was kind of it. I, I would kind of say that I'm agnostic because there's points in science where you like, you talk about black holes and the singularity, that one thing when you get to that point, the beginning of time or where matter almost seems to not exist anymore, that part science has yet to figure out. So if there is some type of God in there that created the world, which I, I think it's hilarious when I read the book, uh, Hitchhiker's Guide, mm-hmm. where that one line is, it, uh, when God created the world, it was generally felt as a bad idea. I laugh <laughs> at that because that's how I feel. If if you go to science to like all those atoms and uh all the atoms in the world and black holes and mass. And then to that point, so if a God does exist, I, I, I laugh at the hitchhiker's guide. I think that's a great sentence. That based on all the evidence, we can see that there was a, a singular big bang. And that if there was a God before that, then it was a bad idea. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, what's funny is scientists are always trying to figure out what happened at the moment of the big bang or what happened before, what, what existed before the universe came into existence. And it's like, well, I don't, I can't imagine there's a good way to know. Yeah, I don't know how do you look back 14 billion years. Because as far as I know, we don't know how to time travel. So the best we can do is look at old light flying across the universe. So I don't know. Can you look back before that? I don't know, man. I'm not worried about it. <laughs> it doesn't keep me awake at night. 
it'd be interesting to know, I guess. Just but. from a scientific thing, it's it's more about it's what you learn. Like when I do a project, uh, whether it be this podcast, I'm learning. I wanted to do a podcast, but I knew I had to learn video editing. I had to learn cameras. I had to learn lighting. I had to learn aperture. I had to learn so many things that I didn't. So I'm saying if if the beginning of time in this case is the podcast, I learned so many things on the way there. And mm. I think that's what science is about, education. It's about finding answers. And oftentimes you find answers to things that you didn't anticipate yeah. on the way there. So I, f- I feel like there's so many other questions we could be working on than one that is so far out of reach. I, I could see some of that, but yeah, I, I think it's good to still go towards science regardless if you know that if you think you're going to find something good or not. Yeah. Anyways, sorry, John, back to... Oh, you <laughs> Do you believe in a Big Bang? <laughs> <laughs> I, I always thought that was a pretty interesting topic, only because, you know, I, th- I think to some degree, knowing where we came from could show us where we're going as well. Mm-hmm. And so I think, I mean, you know, talking about the Big Bang, I thought that was that was always kind of an interesting thing. But <laughs> I mean, I, as far as, uh, as, far as uh, you were talking about how you know you you would uh you prayed to god like oh i i give me a sign i i did that too i think a lot of people do that that kind of become secular later on in life you always you always kind of get to that point where you're like hey god you know i'm really thinking like are you still there are you are you actually there are you talking to us i mean what's what's going on with that and then you get and, cocky and, and you're like prove it bitch <laughs> and, and that's always yeah i mean that's an interesting thing to me just based off of um you know you have you have the story of job in the bible which is this guy who who was given the damascus i am i no wait sorry job is a different one job is the the god god and the devil having a bed over him i'm, I'm thinking of uh 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 oh who is it i know it's the damascus road experience is what it's called it's it's essentially god revealed himself to somebody and and mm. it's always the if 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 it was good enough for for i forget who in this in the bible at this point uh then why isn't it good for others like why can't it be good for us to see you know, or hear from god if that was the case you know kind of a thing and yeah. i i kind of agree with that like why why wouldn't god just make himself known as easily as possible to get as many people to believe in him. I mean, still have free will not to, if you want to not to, you know, I know he could so. be more popular than Elon Musk. <laughs> exactly. You know, God's got a new rocket. <laughs> <laughs> Check out my rocket suckers. <laughs> uh, yeah. So something like the Bible, I mean, it's a collection of stories from ancient people, right? So it, it seems like the most logical explanation based on everything we know we know a lot of ridiculous people that re- believe ridiculous things, right? And we know that the most entertaining and the most interesting stories are the ones that propagate, right? Nobody tells boring stories about, you know, I, I poured my scrambled eggs out of a box this morning and I put water in it and I ate scrambled eggs for breakfast. Like, that's not a story. But if you got some fantastical story with characters and conflicts and, and all of these superstitious supernatural incredible things happening then that's a story that people will tell again because it's interesting right so i think in in ancient times these stories traveled around and at some point they got collected in writing right and and in a way i think i think humans are incapable of separating entertainment from beliefs uh you know if you present it in a certain way and and you grow up believing it then people, I guess, so when you're a kid, like, 
you know, people tell you, hey, this is the teacher. You have to listen to the teacher. As a kid, you just do it. You don't think, well, why the fuck do I have to listen to this person? I'd, why do I question everything they're telling me, right? But it's presented to you as this is this is a good thing. This is, and in the case of most public education, it's generally correct. They're trying to teach you math or something, right? But if you're also indoctrinated into a religion, it's presented to you as, oh, this is this is wonderful. They care about you. They're going to give you good things, and this is this is the right thing to do. So for most people, you just you start off on this foot of, oh, I, I believe it. You know, I, I don't have any reason to mistrust the adults that are taking care of me, right? Generally, they're they're feeding me and trying to trying to do good things for me. So why would they, why would they trick me, right? And they're not trying to trick you because they also believe it. So it's this weird uh, cycle and, and propagation and, and, and I don't want to say trap, but it's, it's, it accumulates people. Yeah, especially when, when you're dealing with children too, because they don't, they're looking up to adults. They, they mm-hmm. look at to adults as authority figures, people that should have their shit together. Mm-hmm. They look at it as people that, that have wisdom and then these kids are just following it. So unfortunately, religion uses that to its advantage. Yeah. I, I could be very critical of a lot of the advice that my parents gave me. <laughs> but they their hearts were in the right place. They were trying to uh, give me good advice. But I would disagree with a lot of it now. Um, like when I was uh, 18, they tried so hard to help me get a new car. They, they put down 3000 bucks. They, they paid 3000 bucks to buy me that Dodge Neon. Uh, but what they really did was they strapped me with uh, a car payment where I would say, well, it's smarter to get a used car as your first car because then you've got a lower cost and you're not worried about a brand new car with higher insurance and all this mess. So um, while they had the best intentions, you know, they wanted something reliable that wouldn't break down. And in their mind, there's nothing better than a new car. Um, you know, in in my view, like that wasn't the best move, that there was a better move. So with a lot of things with my parents and upbringing, I could criticize what they did, but I can't criticize their intentions and motivation. They, they really had great hearts and wanted the best for me. And I think that's where a lot of religion comes in is parents really want the best for their kids. And they, they give this in a, in a happy, you know, concerning way, I would imagine. Yeah. I mean, religion is saying if you don't believe in God, then you go to hell and no parent wants their child to go to hell if they're, if they believe in religion, believe in Mm -hmm. the Bible. So John, when you told your, your parents, your dad wanted to kick you out, you were looking at your sister, why she didn't, why she doesn't go to uh, church and how your parents are harsh on you. Um, what, What happened right after, after that, your dad wanted to kick you out and then Oh, yeah, my, my, essentially my mom just stopped him. She's like, no, 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 you're, we're not kicking you out. You know, <laughs> she's like, she's like, she's like, calm down. And my dad was like, okay, okay. So, you know, they, they calmed down a little bit after that. I mean, they were very fervent about me going to church. They were very fervent about a lot of different things. And I was very open to talking to, well, anybody. I always have been, you know, I, I, I would bring in Mormons into the house and my mom would kick them out or like, <laughs> you know, like kind of stuff like that. Like I would, I was entirely fine with talking to people. I mean, cause I, I like talking to people about what they believe, even if we don't agree on things. I like, I like, I mean, even just pushing people to like, think about things too. Um, in the same way that I, I'm willing to think about things, listening to other people and what they have to say. Um, and I, I try my best to, to take in information and understand that, you know, people have biases. We all have biases. I mean, I feel like we, as, as, as a rule, we're all connection driven machines. You know, we, we tend to make these connections that 
once we have one idea, we tend to use that idea for other things. We tend to to use that to create our other ideas or to, you know, come up with with our our own beliefs on things. And and it's like this heuristic driven thing where we tend to we tend to do our best to to uh, come up with the easiest path the easiest path to truth. But I don't think truth is necessarily easy. And and that things tend to be a lot harder to to discern than we we make it out to be, and and that's why you know science has taken so long to get to this point because we we didn't know how to do science for a long time in in a an effective way, mm. and so you know scientific method is the best I think the best method we have currently to find out truth. Um, but yeah. So so when you when you say science, do you mean all these highfalutin educated people in their lab coats? Doing their doing their funny business and telling me what I should believe. <laughs> no, I'm talking about the the method, the methodology that science is. So, I mean, I, I wouldn't say that scientists are science in and of itself, or that the results are necessarily science. They are the the result of the methodology of science. Um, so we have this thing that you know you could be wrong with science. Nobody ever said you couldn't be wrong. Mm -hmm. But what what figures out the whether or not you're wrong and and what is right is generally the same method. <laughs> so whether or not you're wrong because of, you know, some unknown bias that you might have accidentally put into an experiment, the thing that's going to confirm that is going to be more science. And that's, you sound that's... like a damn scientist right now. <laughs> nope, just a warehouse worker. <laughs> <laughs> so you finish high school, does that is that a turning point for you or is that a slow transition? Um, uh, wait, are you still living with mom and dad? Uh, I went back. So, I mean, I, I, this, this is kind of where I'm at right now. I, I got into a divorce about a year, a year and a half ago. Oh, um, right. And I, I finished. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I, you know, we were together for about eight, eight and a half years. By the end of it, I left. Um, I just, you know, she, she left me for somebody else and I was pretty much, okay, you know, I'm going home. I'm not, I'm not dealing with this anymore. Mm. So I've been trying to be home and save as much as I can and, and try and start my life over again. You know, it's, it's that rip cord kind of thing, but I don't know how well it's working. <laughs> it's, well, why did Jesus let this happen to you? <laughs> <laughs> um, can you back up on uh, this on your mom? Uh, as in, what? How was she treating you with religion? Maybe during elementary and then during high school, and then as your dad is transitioning to uh, born again Christian, how is she reacting to that? Uh, so, as far as the you know early life, my early life, I, I guess. It was a little less like we didn't go to church nearly as much when I was really, really young. Um, and as mm. things started going on, I think my mom became more religious. And then we started going a little bit more often until we were going about every week. And then on the other end of things, um, my dad was a, I, I mean, he kind of came into religion a little bit later, like more, more, yeah, like I said, devoutly. Mm. Um kind of near the end of my high school experience. Uh, whereas my mom, once I told them that I was atheist, they both, you know, they both kept pushing articles and things onto me saying, Hey, you know, we, we want you to read this because it seems thought provoking. And this, you know, it's, it was with the mindset of maybe this will help convert them back. Maybe this will, you know, kind of thing. What, what do you think was attracting and drawing your parents into becoming more? Um, I, I mean, you can be religious or you can have beliefs, or, but it sounds like they were getting more involved and more active I, I was thinking this question too, but I, I'm. Uh, we'll, we'll let. Uh, let me inject my. Yeah, uh, yeah. Inject my thoughts. I, I, I believe us humans, we're looking for the path of least resistance, even in life itself. So if, 
if for whatever reason, uh, if whether it be John's parents or some other parents that didn't take religion seriously on a daily basis, but then they find it just easier for them to deal with their children, deal with their life, to live their life in a community, whatever they find, I feel like people are just looking for something that they're comfortable with, whether it's right or wrong. Yeah. To them, to them, it's right. And that's why they get attracted to it. So anyways, I, I guess I'm just saying I, I'm, I want to ask John that same question and, and yeah. John, don't try to, I guess I want to say the re- reason why I just said what I said. Don't lie to us. No, no just, oh. just openly say what, what you think about your parents. I think every story is going to be so different. Uh, every, well, yeah, I was curious what attracted his parents to get more. Cause I, I was kind of coming more from the, you know, if you if your parents are a religion, they, they introduce you to the same religion, right? And if they go to church every Sunday, they take you to the same church every Sunday. So there's a very easy transition and indoctrination there. But in, in John's case, it sounds like he's just describing something that's attracting or pulling them into the, the church or the belief. So I was curious. Tell us, John. So as, as far as my parents go, I mean, you know, I love my parents. They're, yeah. they're still my parents, you know, my mom and dad. Um, and and I, it's one of those things that I respect that they really, like, I guess I respect people a lot when they, when they want to to do the best for their kids when they're trying to you know bring them and that's what my parents are doing they're trying they're they're doing what they think is helping me they're even though they're giving me articles and things and i might you know sometimes it might annoy me i mean the fact is my mom loves me and she wants me to go to heaven with her she wants me to be in the good place she wants me to you know so i mean that's the thing is it's it's kind of around that i mean as far as how why they became more religious i mean part of it is is deaths in the family it might have to do with uh, like like yeah, like i said my, my grandparents having passed around that time um they kind of became more religious i think part of it was to connect more as as a as a you know uh, as as a relationship uh, between them i think that was a helpful thing that they they, they connect really on now as is religion hmm. um I hope I think it's helped to enrich like their marriage, which I think is good. Um, but I mean, yeah, the reality is, is it's. I think in general, and and this is I think as honest as I can get is, I'm sad. I guess that they aren't and more questioning in their in their own beliefs, and and over time they've become I think more and more like um, what's the word for it faithful like, like set yeah. set yes that's that's kind of where i'm going like <laughs> they're yeah more but if they get all these wonderful things out of this structured church john why do you why, why can't they just believe this ridiculous thing and let them have their their fantasy it's all good uh, right what's the downside it's for me and and it's so i would agree with that on the basis of not uh being a detriment to others mm-hmm. and I would say my parents' beliefs tend to lead them to vote in a certain direction. It tends them to believe uh, that people are a certain way that they that in general they've become a lot more black and white in their beliefs, so that other people are evil, but the people that are on their side are always good. Hmm. A lot of times, that's that's kind of how it feels talking to them, um, and that's are I feel you, like. Are you alluding to kind of Republican leanings? <clears throat> you know, that, I wouldn't say it outright, but that's, that's, the, that's the reality in America, right? The more Christian you are, the more typical you are, white or Republican, yeah. uh, rural versus urban. There's a lot of division happening uh, yeah. in our nation that we can see. Um, yeah. So it's weird that that you can see that connection because I'm sure when you when you 
go into a church, I don't think they're in there saying like hate other people or, you know, do stupid stuff or, or, uh, we don't, you know, it's, it, I, I think the churches are typically apolitical, but then you end up somehow falling in with people who are politically motivated. So I don't understand that because I, I don't know. I mean, are they saying political stuff in churches? Are they telling you who to vote for or, or pushing any agendas? Well, I guess you can see it clearly in abortion, right? So abortion was something we had, we had generally been against as a nation for a long time, primarily because of religious beliefs, right? And then sometime in the seventies, there was a giant court case that says, Hey, that's, that's not correct. Religiously, you can't restrict something. Uh, so it was a historical case called Roe versus Wade. Um, and then now recently we have States going back the other direction saying, Hey, I, I as a state want to outlaw abortion in some fashion. So it's, it, it's almost like regression from this progress that we had in the past 30, 50 years ago now. Fuck. I don't even know what the, yeah. Are we, if we're talking about stuff in the seventies, we're talking like a 50 year time frame. So we're, you could say we're moving backwards if we're starting to believe those things again. Um, I don't know. How do you feel about that? What's it's not a very I mean, clear question. Sorry. <laughs> okay. I mean, as far as it goes, I would say in general, yeah, it does feel like we're kind of moving in the opposite direction. I mean, in, in any, in a lot of different ways. Um, I'm, I myself am, I would consider myself uh, like liberal, but not Thank necessarily you. Democrat. Um, yeah. I'm, you know, more likely to vote for somebody that's, that's, you know, not trying to restrict rights as much as, um, you know, allow, um, it, but I mean, at the same time, I, I, so I, I think you're right though. I think in, during the seventies, I think that was a big time where things started to change. And I think it had to do with, with Reagan. I think it had to do with Reaganomics. I think it had to do with, um, you know, the fact that, I mean, you can look at the seventies and see how we had a, I think it was a 70% tax rate on the rich mm-hmm. at the time. And that has gone down significantly. Like they don't even pay taxes in a lot of, in a lot of cases. And, and it's because, you know, a, a lot of different factors, obviously, like the whole Panama thing, them sending money abroad and all that stuff. But I mean, that all plays into it too, I would say. Like, you know, it's, it's all special interest stuff. It's it's yeah, keeping if, if you masses. make enough loopholes, then there will always be a path to avoid paying taxes. Of course, yeah. yeah. All, all kinds of silly stuff. Like, none of it makes sense. It's just laws written by lawyers and politicians, yeah. right? Of course. Like, like, uh, like as a realtor, I can have a vehicle that's over 6,000 pounds. And the weight of the vehicle classifies it as a business vehicle. Hmm. So, you know, why it doesn't make any sense, but then that, <laughs> you can get a big tax write off if you go classify that as a, I haven't, but yeah. <laughs> you could, but my next truck, I will <laughs> make sure that it's exactly over 6,000 pounds. Yeah. So I'm looking at Jeep Grand Cherokees and I'm like, ah, they don't weigh enough. Mm. <laughs> so it's insanity, right? It's like, do you want to take this giant tax write off? So there's enough. There's there's such a myriad world of tax loopholes and and things you can do to avoid paying taxes, hmm. and and then you know people go oh it's fair it's available to everybody right yeah <laughs> not not if you're just a working schlub and you get a paycheck it's mm-hmm. it's a different world um, so yeah so I'm curious about this connection from from religion to politics because yeah. one one of the founding principles should be the separation of church and state right. 
no, I, you know, I, I would agree in general. I think I think that's a big thing is is having that the ability to understand that your religious beliefs shouldn't infringe on other people's rights, and I think that's that's a big thing with say the the uh, gay marriage. I think that's big with with the abortion rights stuff. I think I think all of that plays into religion and and saying, mm-hmm. you know, we have so and so beliefs based off of our our you know. I mean, not even necessarily the Bible, because to be fair, I mean, in the Bible, there are, there are, there's talk about how a fetus is less, it is considered less valuable than a person. Mm. It, 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 it rates children, uh, fetuses, women and men and men are at the top. Women are second, children are third. And then fetuses are like literally considered like not even human by the fraction of a child. Yeah. Kind of a thing. Like it's kind of crazy. And so that's, that's always interesting to me, but I mean, as far as you know things like you know homosexuality are I, I think that's that's rough because people don't really have a choice in that you know you get you you have your you know your your uh i mean you, you just get your sexual orientation like when you're born and it's as far as it goes you you either you know are that way or you aren't and you can't decide to say no i'm not that way anymore yeah that's why that's you, why I like the oh, yeah sorry. you don't get a choice like uh I can't explain to you the things that give me a boner. It's, it's different for everybody. Uh, you know, there's some people that are into feet, right? There's, there's some people that get aroused by feet in some way. Well, even the common ones say boobs. I like boobs, but it it yeah. doesn't, when I try to think about it, what it is, it, it, what is it? It's a, a round object of fat. Why why do I like fat there, but I don't like it in the stomach? Because there's a nipple on it. Well, it just doesn't make, it doesn't make logical sense or uh, Unless you connect it to evolution, and what if we put a nipple on the belly? Does that make a giant third boob? Yeah, yeah. You got to you got to think that dogs probably find that pretty hot, you know. <laughs> <laughs> no, only if it's in two rows. <laughs> exactly. Uh, you know, I think uh, so. Being being forty five, when I was younger, uh, big butts weren't a big thing. Uh, you had Sir Mix a Lot brought about a popularity. Uh, I think J Lo popularized big butts. And then Kardashians. So at some point, you know, you know, you hang around with a lot of young guys, and they're into big butts. And like, I don't get it. I'm like, looks like a big fat butt to me. Like, what do you do with it? Like, what do you? It's weird because there's an arousal there, right? There's an attraction. There's an excitement in in the way that you know young guys get. And I like, I don't, I don't get it. I mean, like you said, what is, what's the logic of it? Because mm-hmm. it what it's and it's strange culturally because it changed during my lifetime. This this popular or common attraction changed and, and in that in that most young guys now are into big butts and I, I don't know what do you do with it like <laughs> do you smack it or watch it twerk or the closest thing scientifically uh, we're probably going way off on tangents uh <laughs> is the ra- this is why jesus is bad <laughs> <laughs> the ratios like we tend to like curvaceous women mo- most hu- i think most human scientific or statistically speaking most men like curvaceous women mm-hmm. and and statistically on top of that studies and surveys show the outrageous curvaceous women most men like like you could get some massive bus small stomach small uh, waistline huge hips mm-hmm. and they, they, there's i forget what the ratio is like 0.75 and if you go to a bigger like 0.8 uh, ratio to stomach to hip Mm-hmm. stomach to to hip and men like that more so survey obviously shows that so it's not like it's not like being obese because then you're just round and globular right 
Mm-hmm. So it's a matter of having some type of ratio. You must have a small waist to accompany the large other parts. Yeah. It's weird. Yeah. Totally anyway, logical. So let's get back to <laughs> religion. Maybe we just uh, debunked <laughs> what what is good about science and humans <laughs> through that no. conversation. Well, no, you, we know that there's some psychological trick going on in the brain, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> there's something men aren't aware of happening in the mind. Yeah. Well, that, I mean, let's, let's connect that with religion. There's like, we, we seem to notice that people are attracted to religion at, at an early age. Cause they're they're You could, they're the kids they don't know but as an old as a older adult you mean if you aren't well-rounded in in education or you haven't gone to college or or you maybe whatever education you had in high school but the less education you have i want gosh i want to go on a limb and say you're more likely to believe religion easier i easier not that you'll believe a religion but it's easier to convince someone to believe religion so i, I think the brain, we're just so easily convinced into things. I think that's just a problem. Liking boobs like and going towards religion. <laughs> Why is your university better than my church, though? Why do I have to listen to your nonsense? I like my nonsense. Um, because the university has it's brought better medical care, better, better food, better advances. And we can use a scientific method that proves and, and more importantly, predicts. That's actually a huge thing in religion, I think, where it doesn't predict. I got that from, I believe, from... Yeah, uh, predicts you're going to go to hell. <laughs> but that's the only thing that it, it's able to try to predict. And it's it seems, at least right now, it seems wrong. But or, it, there's not enough evidence to prove that, that that's true. But um, shoot, I forget where we But we're. I don't need all that mess. I'm just going to drive my electronically controlled brand new pickup truck down to the church and I'm going to send you a picture of me on a text message with my gun in front of the church. Plain devil's advocate. Uh, well, that car was built by some science. That phone was built by some science. So you're, you're either choosing to ignorantly benefit from science and then embracing religion or you could just embrace science the whole way. So the Amish have got it right. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I haven't. I haven't. I don't know much about the Amish people. I mean, I the the stereotypes like they don't use electronics, but are they happier? Maybe you know, on a happiness level, maybe they are happier. I think they do this thing where uh, you can go go be wild for two years and then choose to come back. Mm. Oh, Rumspringa. <laughs> Oh, you know all about it. Tell us. <laughs> I, I know. I mean, I know a little bit. So, I mean, as far as it goes, it's it's this big thing, and it's it's actually funny because most people tend to go back, um, but it is this whole thing where you, it's called Rumspringa. You go out for on your think I think sixteen or something like that. That sounds a lot more wrong. fun when you call it Rumspringa. I know, right? <laughs> it sounds, it sounds like, like, an like a great event. <laughs> <laughs> it's not, it sounds like you're going out and you're having the funnest time of your life. Party, yeah. I mean, and that, some people do, and some people go out and they they just see some things and they come back and they go, "That was the devil's work." And other people are like, <laughs> you know, I'm gonna stay out of that. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'll go out into the world now. And the they're you know, there's delicious. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'll be honest, they're blue cheese. Oh, it's top notch. But you know, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting to see like that you do have that instance sometimes, and sometimes you're just too indoctrinated to 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 get out of it. I mean. You know, well, it's hard to leave your family and your community and all your friends and everybody you oh, grew up with, right? 
Yeah. I mean, it's, it's cutting off an entire social system is just, it's like cutting off an arm or a leg at that point, you know, yeah. because it's everything, you know, you know, it's, it's, it's like lobotomizing yourself almost like you're suddenly having to start anew. You're, you know. Yeah. Can you go out into the world on your own with nothing and just start fresh? Can, can you, can, can anybody do that? Right. That's hard for anybody to just jump out there, start from zero in every aspect. And, and and when we do have people that do that, like say Chris McCandless, I mean, you have people who just they die in a forest somewhere. I mean, that's sad. Oh, he went too far. Yeah. I mean, yeah, zeroed out too many advantages. <laughs> Wait, this guy went to the forest and was like, "I'm going to be a caveman." Yeah, well, so Chris McCandless was a guy who uh, I, I read this book in high school, and I, there was a movie and all this stuff. But it, it was an actual story about a guy who he left his hometown. He just cut off contact with like everybody he knew, mm-hmm. and he just started roaming the United States. He went from like city to city, town to town, and people were always like, "He's a genius. He's the smartest guy around." And mm-hmm. you know, he he just pick up jobs like that, you know. And then he got to a point where he just decided he wanted to live in the forest somewhere. And so he went, I, I mean, I, I, I could, I'm, you know, abbreviating the story. I have no idea if I'm missing some important. Sounds aspects. good so far. Yeah. Yeah. Probably missing a lot of stuff, but he ends up uh, going to the forest and lives there, but he didn't have the provisions or the know-how how to actually like live in the forest. Yeah. And at the same time, I think a river came through that he didn't expect to like suddenly like up here. And it was one of those things where it was like a, it was a, a, if I remember correctly, it was like a, a seasonal thing where this river would appear during a certain mm. time or get, or at least it would get more violent, something like that. Yeah. And so he wasn't able to go back and he pretty much starved to death out in the wild um, after all of this, you know, cutting off contact. And so it's like one of those things where you have these horror stories as well coming out of people just leaving places. But it sounds like a biblical story. <laughs> what, what was the name of that movie? Uh, it was Into the Wild. Oh, okay. And if yeah. I remember, I watched that. Uh, I, it's been so long. I've, I've, I vaguely remember that the the tone of the movie towards the end is you're like you're saying people are thinking, oh, this guy left the concrete jungle. He left the nine to five. He left that that unhappy life to live out in the wilderness, to get in touch with the wilderness, to get in touch with what's in your soul. And that the movie kind of tried to it portrayed that that feeling. So at the end, when he did die, you didn't feel sad because that was his victory. His victory was getting away from the concrete jungle. There was no religious message. I I don't I I miss that. If I forget <laughs> I forget that if if, if a river died. appears out of nowhere and kills so. you, that means God's <laughs> talking to you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I I don't think it was religious necessarily, but I mean I think I think he just was very unfortunate. I Maybe God was just, trying to give him fish, and he overdid a little bit too much. <laughs> too many fish. Was that? <laughs> Did that story, do you remember, was that story was just his journey in that way or was there a religious undertone? Do you remember at all? I don't think there was. I mean, it was literally just a retelling because it's an actual thing that happened. Like this guy went out, he, you know, he left his parents, he left his friends, he left his family and he, he went to just different places and met new people and talked to new people. And then he decided to live in a forest and didn't go so well. I mean... And that's that's kind of the rough part is like you don't expect nature to be as harsh as it is. And I, I think that's we know nowadays we live we do live in concrete jungles. We live in these suburban areas where we don't have to worry about the, the harsh elements. And so even even going camping, it's like, oh, I have my my electric stove. I have my, you know, my my lantern. I have my you know sleeping bag that keeps me warm under 30 degrees. And 
he just kind of went and lived in a van <laughs> in the forest. And that's, I mean, that's a sad end to have, but I mean, yeah. Hmm. On the just random thought on the uh, going camping, I feel like there is a psychological, this is way off topic of religion. Now we're, <laughs> I'm venturing way off. Do you find God when you're camping? I would say I find more. So we evolved as apes living in a forest, probably in that forest or that savanna, you're looking for food and or you're feeling the sun, you're you're putting your, your feet in water, you're swimming in water from time to time. There's something innately there for me that I feel innately there. There's a connection. Do I do I want to be fully in nature? Do I I bring a portable stove with me? I bring <laughs> all this food from the supermarket. I, I bring so much food. I bring all this warm clothes that I could survive zero degree a zero degree winter. Um, and even at, bringing all that gear of my last trip just a few weeks ago in Yosemite, it was going to snow on our last day. And I was like, eh, let's, let's cut our trip early. I don't want to, <laughs> I can't do this. No, no, it wasn't. No, it's not that it was that we physically had everything we yeah. had. We had the zero degree sleeping bag. We had, we had everything we needed, but it was, if it rains, it's going to get slushy ground, the dirt and You're very inconvenient, inconvenient to roll <laughs> up the tent and with, with a little bit of water in there. So that was actually the reason we cut it off a day early because of that. So yeah. as much as convenience is there, but there, I, I do wish more people would be in tune with their feelings or their body, because if you do enjoy those things, go do those things. If, if it, if it feels good to the body, and you're not hurting anybody else, go do it. Because when you're in this concrete jungle, I believe there's some something mentally is going on here. In my opinion, and everybody, I mean, we're gonna, about to have, I think, a psychologist on our podcast tomorrow. Maybe I'll ask her about it. But with these mass shootings going on, I wonder how much of it is just through unhappiness. It's not the not unhappiness, but... Mm. As society, we create these these social constructs of a concrete jungle, working nine to five, and you're not experiencing what the animal nature in you needs. Catching food. Are I you mean, saying you're very close to being a mass shooter? <laughs> I think I'm saying I'm further because I'm I'm looking at my feelings and experiencing these things that my body seems to say, "Hey, it's really nice when you go out in the water and experience the sun and smell the trees. Something is going on." somewhere psychologically some type of endorphin some type of some whatever it is my body is enjoying that and i i wish people would listen to that and heal that beast in them john do you have an opinion on uh camping versus mass shooting um i think you should always bring a gun camping uh just in case because <laughs> like, of bears no, I, or I, because I'm of people no, I'm actually, uh, don't, don't bring a gun camping <laughs> not unless you actually think you're going to encounter like something big i mean uh, yeah <laughs> no I, I mean i've been camping more than a few times uh we had one guy that was very conservative that came with us and i remember he brought his pistol and everyone was like please don't bring your gun like to, to why are you bringing your gun there's no reason and he just he literally got drunk one night and he shot it outside <laughs> we're like oh, oh, oh okay. man yeah, don't listen to that beast inside you when it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> when you're drinking. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah. 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 Like I shot his handgun in the air. Is don't listen to the beast. Yeah. Reminds me of Yosemite Sam, you know, like. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, it's interesting because I mean, you started with he was a conservative guy, so there's yeah. this there's this link to, to guns, right? Is yeah. it's a weird, it's this weird, conglomeration of. Religion, guns, conservatism, republicanism—these th these tendencies, these 
these things are kind of grouped together and they tend to run in overlapping circles. So yeah, it's, it's so strange to me that, yeah. Yeah. I like that. I mean, yeah, as far as I, I think in general, that's a big part of it is I, I think a lot of a lot of special interest tends to fall into politics. And I think that's the rough part is in America. I mean, you have the two party system and it's hard to get away from that because, I mean, I've never seen a, a third a party candidate win a presidency. Yeah. <laughs> And, uh, and it's like, why do you always have to have the two choices between, you know, kind of a shit sandwich and a shit sandwich with a little bit of caramel in it? Like, does that really help? Yeah. <laughs> I'm still eating shit. <laughs> you know? It sounds like you're describing a very rigged system. Oh, I wouldn't, you know, say that <laughs> explicitly. <laughs> <laughs> I would. I would say <laughs> I don't believe in American politics the way I don't believe in religion. In that it's all a sham. It's all a scam it's all rich people trying to take your fucking money. Mm -hmm. The minute you choose a side, you've already lost. Pick mm -hmm. your crook because either one is going to rip you off and they're going to mm -hmm. write laws for rich people. They're not going to write laws for you. They, you know, I've seen it over a lifetime of being in America. I'm 45 years old. Uh, I was born in 77. I saw Reagan. He was an inspiring political leader because at least he seemed like he believed in good things and was trying to do what he believed was right. And and everything since then has been liars and scammers and, and crooks. And and it just just added up. Like, look at the track record. Why do you ever vote for a freaking politician? Because he, he believes the hot-button topic that your side believes in? It's such a stupid thing. The minute you choose a side, you've already lost. You're, you're committed to choosing one of these crooks that is backed by a multi-billion dollar political system. And that's why the independents can't win. That's why somebody who cares about you can't win. That's why somebody who does good things. You know, why are we choosing from these lawyers? Why are we choosing these politicians? It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, why are we choosing people that do community service on the regular, that actually care about the community, that, you know, yeah. and their track records actually go out and, and do things for the community or talk to them or, or have actual conversations? Because if we look back at any of the politicians we've, we've voted in in the past 10 years, that's just not the case. Like we have, yeah. I mean, the, yeah, I mean, it's it's one of those, I, like I would love to see, honestly, uh, uh, Alexandria Casio-Cortez run. At some point, I I would absolutely vote her in if she ever comes in. I would that be like my first choice. Is it because she's a is she a person of conviction that is that is not voting based on money? Is it? Yeah, is it yeah. She it seems like she cares, and that's like one of the few things that I, I, I yeah. honestly there's a, that's the point where like you get burnout from voting up for politicians just because they don't care. Yeah. None of them do, and and it's there's very few that you can tell do, and it's like I I I'll say it, Bernie Sanders, <laughs> big one. I mean, yeah. I, I I really wish he became our president at some point because I I would love to see what he actually was able to do, or at least able mm -hmm. to show the world that we are you know more civilized and not just about you know entertainment value at this mm -hmm. point. And that's that's the rough part is it's like we vote Joe Biden in because he's not Trump because he's. You know, he's he's the it's it's like he's not going to do anything. And it's that's what he has done is nothing. It seems like at least it feels like that. I mean, I'm sure he's done a few things, but it's it definitely doesn't feel that way. <laughs> and yeah, and I, 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 would I would guess that the uh, the president position is largely a figurehead position mm -hmm. uh, in, yeah. in that you can be president and not get much done. If Congress is not backing you up, then what can you do? Right. Oh, like, for sure. Like Trump couldn't get a border wall built in four years. So that's, that's, I mean, he, he 
campaigned on that, right? Wasn't that his, let's build a freaking wall. And <laughs> I don't think he got close. They started it. It just didn't work out. <laughs> yeah, here's, here's the thing with walls. <laughs> they don't work <laughs> if you don't finish them. <laughs> exactly. If you have 10% of a wall, you have zero wall. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, when you can walk around it, it's not exactly the best. <laughs> um, I mean, that's, yeah, it's it's kind of one of those things that, I yeah, I think I think politicians tend not to care. And I think we need more that do. And I think I think that's kind of what's happening right now because people are seeing that more. And I think the no, they generation- care very much about money, John. Oh, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's one of those things. I, I think more people now having seen what in the last couple of uh, last, like, I don't know, five years, I think a lot more younger generation are, are coming out and trying to run for office. Like I've, I've seen a lot more people going for mayor that are, you know, really young, 20 years old, 20 some, you know, and, and they're doing it because they want to see the change. They want to make the change themselves and be that change, which I think is, that's good. That's admirable. And yeah, uh, but it's hard to see. I mean, you don't, you know, it's all about who who's going to be voted in and who's not. And it's, it's hard to really tell when, when, you know, it's, I mean, the reality of it is you have the, the special interest groups that are going to be running campaigns against you that are telling just so that they can get someone in. That's, you know, a corporate chill that's able to take that money and run with it, you know? Mm. And that's, that's kind of the sad part right now <laughs> in the United States. Let's jump back to religion. If you guys don't mind. <laughs> I like politics. <laughs> I do too. I love, I love, sorry. Yeah. I get, I get into it. <laughs> um, if you could, if you could kind of envision a time, a, a situation, an, a, another universe where your mom is still religious, but, uh, has, has worked with you for you to be able to not be religious. How do you see that or what changes like describe that for me? Oh, she can't believe what she believes and let him not believe it. She'd have to be believe it less, I guess. Anyways, if John, if you get if you kind of get my vague question, or feel free to let uh, me know if the question is too vague. <laughs> no, so I'm I'm trying to think of how to answer it actually. Um, as far as as far as like, well, you're talking parents- about the dude's mom. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm actually so so my train of thought is when I was thinking about this question, I'm thinking, I'm thinking as the YouTube audience watching or listening to this, or Spotify audience listening, they may come from a religious background they they might be in it currently or they may be out of it currently but if they are currently in it and want to get out i'm trying to think of just conversations that would help them mm. think about their situation in a different light maybe think of how to how to deal with it and whatnot so that's that's my train of thought yeah. no i mean that's that's a fair point um as far as as far as like in a different universe where my mom wasn't say as religious or, you know, she's still religious, but you know, not, not coming after me or, you know, not sending me articles. I, I think the difference in how to deal with that, it's just a matter of, I, I think, I mean, it is, it is pretty, I would say it's pretty vague, but it's, it's, it's the idea of like, how, how different would they be? You know, mm-hmm. like it's, is, is my mom, you know, not worrying about me going to hell anymore. Is she, I mean, I guess, on some level there's also the, the whole fact of like you know my parents don't believe like things that i would consider somewhat basic like evolution is a thing my parents don't believe and i that's mm. something i found out this year i had no idea that that was the case but i mean with with you know an alternate version of my mom would she believe in evolution as a religious person because most people do you know it's it's a very common thing at this point to to accept science and to accept the the current uh, accepted like uh, 
you know, scientific uh, discoveries that we have or scientific uh, models that we have. Um, like people don't, people don't, most people aren't going to turn around and be like, gravity doesn't exist. I mean, it's there. You know? <laughs> we still have the theory of gravity. We have the theory of evolution. We have the theory of, uh, uh, you know, bacteria and, 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 uh, um, oh, what is it? The theory of, of, I mean, you know, most medicine is based around theories. Like it's really what it is. And, and mm. our technology is based around theories. Like the theories are the most, you know, highest form of accepted, uh, 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 models that we have because of the evidence that surrounds them we have so much like a, a preponderance of evidence is what we would say I, yeah. I guess someone would say um and that's kind of one of those things like sometimes people don't believe those things we currently have a massive flat earth movement that is interesting because flat earth wasn't really a thing back in the 1700s like there was not many people that didn't believe and it started with 4chan <laughs> like and mm. so it's it's like the internet got this whole thing started with flat earth and and it's become this religious thing, which is incredibly weird because it never was a thing, really. Do, do you see an inconsistency in your mom where she will believe in all these things in the Bible and all these things in the religion and in the in this in this group of beliefs, but not believe in evolution, right? Because that that group is anti evolution, right? Mm -hmm. But then your mom will still carry around a cell phone. <laughs> and if she gets sick, she's going to go to a hospital, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. So I mean, in, yeah. cell phones and hospitals are pinnacles of science. It, it's engineering and learning and data, and it, it allows these amazing things to happen that are not possible with religion, right? Religion doesn't create medical science. It doesn't create CAT scans that can detect cancer inside your body. Mm -hmm. So... It's it's a weird thing to have these not you know these beliefs do not jibe these are these are conflicting beliefs yeah so do, how do you see that occurring with your parents do they um, just I, yeah I mean as far as as far as my my parents go with that I mean in the past few months mm -hmm. I've heard my dad especially with the whole COVID thing you know over the over the last couple of years. Um, I had, I had a conversation with my dad multiple times over at my parents multiple times over the vaccines, which they've accepted vaccines for years. So it's, it's interesting because that is based off of a lot of, you know, medical science mm -hmm. and based off of, you know, uh, yeah, I mean, a lot of that. So it, it's, it's interesting because they're not accepting this current vaccine, mm. but then a, a crazier thing that goes along with it is my dad has, and he said this directly to me is that he believes he knows more than doctors. Oh yeah, and it's and I had to, I had to be like, how many hours did you study at school? Because doctors spend like ten thousand hours like learning this stuff, and you yeah. not even spent like probably five. Like, mm -hmm. I mean, it's it's one of those things where there's this massive disconnect where you feel like how how are you justifying hmm. your belief, and is is it really rationally justified if you're not even at, at all studying the same amount that you're saying these other people that know less than you do. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, in there's this whole factor of like, you could be studying the wrong thing, but I mean, they're the ones that are currently and doing the most, not only like the most accepted, but the, the most, um, uh, effective methods of, of helping people. And, and whereas my dad looked at an article online for five hours that said something about, you know, vaccines that he may or may not have understood and then turned around and went, well, that sounds right. Mm. <laughs> And so it's one of those things, like my parents are kind of that way. They, they look at these videos and they, they don't have the same level of, of scrutiny 
for things that don't conform to their beliefs. So if it's something that's against what they believe, they're more likely to look into it and find things that they can say, this is why it's wrong, mm-hmm. but not so much on the things that they do believe. And that's, that's the thing that frustrates me is it's, it feels like they're just unwilling to, to question themselves and question what they do believe because people are so afraid of being wrong. I feel like, and, and especially in this day and age where you, mm. you can't be wrong, wrong is bad, but I mean, everyone's wrong. Nobody knows everything. <laughs> well, <I> mean, <laughs> I'm pretty close. I'll be honest. But, yeah. you know. <laughs> Most of the uh-huh. time. <laughs> yeah. you, you've mentioned a few times that your mom will send you articles that uh, presumably she's trying to help you, right? She's trying to get you to mm-hmm. change your mind. She goes, hey, here's the proof. Here's This is going to help you see it my way, right? Yes. How, how do you respond to those? Do you ignore them or what's the, what, what is it taking the form of? <laughs> so if it's an article, um, I will actually read them. I'll read them. I'll look up. I, I'll look through the sources. I'll come through the sources to see where they got them from. Mm. And I did this with the whole COVID thing too. Like they'll, they'll send me sources. I'll look at them. I'll look at what they're talking about. I'll look at where their sources came from. And then I'll scrutinize them and see if they're, you know, PhD, if they're related to this field that they're talking about, if it's, if it's taken out of context and those things tend to be the case. Like that's, mm. that's really what I, I see a lot of when my mom sends me those things and she's not looking at the sources, she's just reading it and sending it to me. Oh. Um, but at the same time, when she, re- when she does send me like a book, I'm pretty bad about reading books. So <laughs> be honest, yeah. like, past, nobody got know. time for books anymore. <laughs> I feel bad because I have so many. I actually do have a fair amount of books. Like I've got a lot of Isaac Asimov that I still want to get through. I haven't read all of the Foundation books, and that makes me sad. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, you know, I read a lot of comics. <laughs> yeah. So that doesn't make anything better though. <laughs> well, so then, so say she sends you an article and you find three things wrong with it, right? The, this guy yeah. that's claiming to be a doctor was really a used car sales guy, mm-hmm. you know, or whatever. You know, he, his his belief is based on this proposition, but that's not actually correct are, are you able to send her back three sentences that goes oh, hey here's the yeah. holes in this yeah I've, I've sent her paragraphs i've talked to her directly about it like i'm you know because i right now i live with them still so i walk up to her and i'll be like hey mm-hmm. this is what i find wrong with this and i'll tell her like straight up hey this is this is why i don't agree with whatever this is saying and, mm-hmm. and there are pretty much two stock responses either you're being closed-minded <laughs> yeah. is what you'll say back to me which is yeah. just pretty ironic or um the other one is going to be like she'll come up to me and or she'll say you know i don't know i haven't looked into that which is uh, yeah. you know i mean at, at least that's fair but <laughs> yeah but it's a weird <laughs> it's a time, weird thing of just saying it's i'm gonna believe this i'm gonna be right no matter what you bring to me right it's not an honest engagement yeah yeah. i mean that's like statistics sometimes yeah, when people want to believe one line one certain statistics that backs up their argument but then once you prove it wrong or once there's enough evidence then they yeah they still stick on that original statistic that they saw which is even which is wrong but can i say one thing that i think explains mass shooters okay i I think it's just we have so many freaking people on earth that once you get a million people there's going to be some defect rate there's somebody somebody's going to be a genius somebody's going to be a really great person somebody's going to be a shitty person you know, out of a million people, there's going to be somebody with a broken brain. And we see it, right? We see people that are developmentally challenged. We see people that are just oddballs, right? You're going to have every flavor and every variety of a person out of a million people. The statistical number that I disagree with, that's that train of thought. I would kind of yeah. kind of think similarly. I would agree with that with 
the one statistics that I saw is if you look at, I think it was Norway, Australia, Germany, mm-hmm. or actually you look at the list of ratio of people to mass shootings. Yes. And America is like 17 times bigger than any other country. There weren't a huge outlier. Yeah. We have a lot more guns though. So that, that then there could be something, maybe there's some statistics in that, which I don't, we don't, I don't know how to extrapolate. Yeah. Is I, it, I think America's very good at when somebody snaps or when somebody's mind is not normal, then mass shooting is a route that they end up taking, right? In some places you can't take that route, right? If there's no, if you can't get your hands on a gun, there's no way you can do a mass shooting, right? Here, it's super easy to get guns compared to most places in the world. This is probably the easiest place in the world to get guns. Is there an easier place on earth to get guns than the US of A? I, so, I mean, at, at one point Australia was, but you know, they, they had the mass shooting, they had a bunch of mass shootings, they had a major one, and then they pretty much went, no more guns. And the Australian people were like, that's kind of fair. And that was kind of where it ended. But then like Switzerland, every every person gets gun training and they have they get to keep that gun if they want to. Yeah. So Switzerland may be a much more better adjusted society, uh, but also what's the population? Well, I, I did it by ratio, so yeah. not, not by count. Yeah, America. so I mean, so they have a lower ratio, so they have best, they're, they're less, yeah, there's, there's less strain and stress on people. There's better mental health, Yeah. right? If you can catch people that are having mental problems early, right, that's good and help them somehow. Who, who doesn't want that, right? No, I do. Republicans. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, a random thought. Let's let's talk about what's the good things about religion. I don't know if we have much, but community. I think there is a. You ever been to a donut social? It's freaking fun. You get donuts and you talk to people. That's yeah. That's Catholic Church for you in a nutshell. Yeah. <laughs> yeah oh, I didn't. So they have a thing called Donut Circle, and they do it once a week or no, something. Social, social. Donut Sunday social every Sunday you, you have after church they bring donuts and you you get to go afterwards and just eat a donut with everybody oh okay. what's more American than donuts <laughs> got it uh, and guns bacon I mean, I don't <laughs> you have bacon on your donuts yeah, exactly <laughs> growing up and I still I, I still want to say this statement I, I want to I guess I'll say this statement first and I'll try to, try to explain it I think religion has morality built into it now I'm going to back up and say the definition of morality is very uh it's different In, right we should stone virgins wait yeah no, that's how it goes stone <laughs> but if you marry somebody who's not a virgin then you stone them i think as as i i know i i agree with where you're going with that and I, i'm i'm gonna uh attack my <laughs> that statement later but growing up and 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 as a Growing up, I believed that. I, I, I felt I saw that in religion. Yeah. I was young and dumb, I guess. And as I, as I grew older, I still think... The Ten Commandments are better, more good than bad? <laughs> that might be a, a good way to say it. I, when, when you meet somebody... I'm trying to think of how to explain this. Don't statement. kill them. Don't try to steal their wife. When I meet a religious person, usually they're, usually it's Christianity often it's Christianity for me and they do speak of morality that they, they want to do well to their community. They want to do well for the world, but the intentions are all good. 
Yeah, the intentions. It's as if they say their intentions are good, but then their actions, they don't think about their actions. They don't think about the the long-term ramifications of their actions. And they don't think about, say, the long-term thought of, okay, well, if we don't believe whether it be evolution, there's long-term ramifications if you don't allow science to to help your community if that makes meaning no but god will take care of us we don't need the science yeah (laughs) so i i i would say (laughs) jumping back i do i think a positive thing about religion if i had to say one yeah i think my only positive is some at a at a high level sometimes religion does try to be moral it's trying to be good yeah yeah, I, th- I think that's true. Of people too, though. I think I think that's kind of the difference is that uh, religion in, in and of itself is its own force and its own ideology and its own morality. Yeah, but the people that surround it are the ones that actually decide what is and isn't moral, and the people around it actually decide whether like what they because that's the thing we don't believe in you know Leviticus anymore. A lot of people aren't aren't killing people for wearing different fabrics like or mixed fabrics rather. They're not they're not you know selling their daughters into slavery. There's not you know that's not a thing in at least you know western cultures and things anymore and and that's that's big like i think i think that's a big point to talk about is it morality in general has has evolved even if you're talking about religion just because in general it is becoming i i think i think we have this idea of of morality where with, when you're talking about religion, you have the Ten Commandments, you have the, but people, people talk about them in their own way, you know, mm-hmm. they can mean anything. Some people don't believe that homosexuality is right. Some people believe it's okay. Some people believe it's, you know, and, and it entirely depends on what religious person you're talking to in that kind of way. Whereas like, I guess for me, morality would be, I would, I would base it off of like specific goal, a specific goal, which is in and of itself subjective. But once you have the goal in mind, it becomes an objective way of evaluating what is and isn't moral. So you could say, mm-hmm. I mean, and I, I would say again with the whole watching those uh, debates and things, they talk a lot about morality, and it's a very they put it very succinctly, better than I think I could ever do. Um, but you know, you start with something say like well-being, where you're looking at, you know, what is going to increase the net positive for society and the net positive for people's. Uh, health and well-being in general and murder is not one of those so murder's out you know and and at the same time murder bad yeah <laughs> so you have to prove what is and isn't good for people and i think that's kind of that's yeah i mean but there's a lot of other ways to evaluate it and i think different people have different ways of putting it um and but i think yeah religion in and of itself i don't think is is this objective morality uh you know uh, arbiter of truth which because i think it changes just as much as anything else does and i think i think that's something that a lot of people don't consider when they're in religion is that so so stepping back to uh lem's question do you see uh is there is there any good thing about religion oh yeah just as we know it in america yeah, I would I would say so. I mean, well, as we know it in, currently in America, yeah, um, it depends on what lines you're talking about. Because I would say, like evangelical Christian, you know, lines right now are they're where conservative values have kind of stemmed from, and that's where the whole I think like Republican Party has kind of, of found their their feet is in the evangelical community. Mm. Um, and whereas you know, Catholics are kind of half and half. You have some of them that are following that same kind of vein, and you have some of them that are more new age like i have a friend who is catholic and he's he's very 
you know, he's very okay with certain things. He's, you know, and, and I will say like, there's a detachment now with Catholics from following the Pope because the Pope has now said like, you know, homosexuality is okay. You don't, you know, they're not evil. They're people kind of a thing. And, mm. and a lot of, a lot of Catholics have turned away from that kind of stuff. So, I mean, it's, it depends on where you're talking about, but religion can be a net, I think a net good for people depending. And, and, and yeah. I'm not talking about prayer because prayer is one of those things that, I mean, we have bad, bad evidential support for in, in being, you know, good for people's health um, because studies do show that if you have, if you pray for somebody and they know that you're praying for them, they tend to perform worse uh, health-wise. <laughs> Stop trying. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's one of those things. Maybe it's performance anxiety. Like we don't exactly know, but it, it's like, it's sad. It's like, wait, wait. Yeah. The, so you're, did I hear, so you're saying people that don't believe and if they're in a medically bad if i'm i hope i understood you correctly so, so if lim gets a surgery and he's in the recovery room and he knows that i'm praying for him he's not going to recover as well statistically <laughs> yes <laughs> that's a hilarious statistic you gotta fight no, it's, bro it's, <laughs> yeah, exactly like so i guess if you have an enemy i don't pray for him <laughs> pray the I shit mean, out of this <laughs> exactly <laughs> but I mean, that's, that's, yeah, that's the sad reality is like, I, I mean, part of it might just be psychology, you know, but I, it's reality is, I think, I think religion can be a net positive for people. It just depends on how you're using it. And I, you know, I'm imagining somehow, I think both M and I started the question at kind of like a high level. No, it's your question. <laughs> <laughs> a high level is religion. Is there anything good in religion? Yeah, but donuts. then I think the problem is I, I think all three of us are thinking deeply. Once you say something's good, there's so many other ramifications. There's so many things that that lead outside of that one. What we're saying that one good thing is. Mm. So I think we're we're thinking too too far. But I I think that's the nature of this conversation. We're trying to. I could tell you, church youth groups are intoxicating. <laughs> when you're yeah, uh, when you're a teenager and you're struggling through high school and. Uh, some nice person invites you over to the church youth group and you get to go do fun activities and you got friends all of a sudden now everybody's super nice nobody's bullying you mm. and you know they're the nicest people on earth and they're like hey i'm in a group now and hey we're gonna go eat awesome like this is so cool <laughs> like and, and they want me to come back next week and i got something to do and oh there's a bible yeah. study we're in a book club now we get to all read the same book and we talk about the book and it's it's so alluring to have this group of friendship and you're welcomed in and it's so wonderful and, and oh, yeah. it catches you at that age where you're 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 developing, right? You're growing, you're turning into an adult, you're 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 finding your independence, you're finding your rebellion, you're struggling with all these emotions and and changes and chemistry in your body. So it's it's an interesting thing that that uh, I don't know. I, I I went to high school in Bangkok, and there was there was the Bible kids, and and they were my friends, you know. They were they were nice to everybody. They were they were the coolest kids, right? So it was such a wonderful thing. I was happy to be their friends, but somehow I didn't get sucked into the beliefs. So it's an odd thing. It's probably I'm just throwing out some random thoughts. If if humans we have this tribalistic nature in us, mm -hmm. so if religion creates religion stereotypically creates a tribe that accepts others with the unless you're mexican 
Why Mexican? Well, because America's. Oh, hey, John's Mexican. <laughs> did I did I not say that? I'm half Mexican. No, you don't sound Mexican at all. Bato. Not at all. No, I'm, I'm, I look white too. That's another problem. <laughs> okay, I was gonna make a joke, but I can't ask you what your last name is. <laughs> no, I'm making a joke about American religion is typically very Christian, evangelical, very white, very racist, very. Uh, anti-Mexican immigration. That was the joke I was making. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. sorry. <laughs> I was going to say the funny thing is my mom is Mexican and she's also very anti-immigration. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> it's very interesting. I mean, yeah. I mean, my, my uncle was the opposite. He was a very, he lived with us for a while. I remember he was very liberal and a yeah. big, big guy, big, you know, hefty, morbidly obese man. But yeah. he was, he was a cool guy. Gave me my first comic. Really, really nice. Just, you know, <laughs> but, yeah. but I mean, that's the thing is you, 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 my mom got pissed at him or got pissed at my sister for giving him pot one point, at one point. And that was your sister gave was, your uncle pot. Yeah, he's he, exactly. He asked for it. He was like, I, he's like, you smoking? Can I smoke some? Yeah. And my sister gave it to him. My mom was like, why would you give that to him? He's got an addictive personality. And my, my sister's like, I don't even know. <laughs> exactly. Wait, why did he want it? Did he have joint pain or something? I mean, he had a lot of things wrong. He was, he, like I said, he more really obese. I mean, oh, okay. you don't you don't get away with having no health issues on that. Yeah. Um, but so, I mean, yeah. So the, know, I mean, was, that's a fascinating fact. If your if your mother is Mex, she was born in Mexico, or has yes, yeah. So being um, born in another country and then coming to America and becoming an American and then being anti-immigration is an incredible stance. To yeah. Take on. Oh yeah. For sure. I mean, I don't know how you get there, honestly, but I mean, she, she made it there and that's, I guess that's the important part. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah. as far as, I, yeah, I'm not entirely sure how someone goes from that to that, but I mean, you see them all over the place too. There's people that are like that from yeah. different countries, like all the time coming in and then, you know, they, it's, it's more of, I think there's this whole thing you get convinced of, um, you know, I, I, I mean, Again, going back to conservatives and Republicans, it's you, you get this whole con, this whole idea that um, immigration is bad because they're we're bringing in people that are bad as as coming into this nation because you hear about you do hear about bad things from time to time. You hear about yeah. human trafficking. You hear about drugs. You hear about I mean, drugs that we can get into later. But <laughs> as far as like human trafficking goes, that's terrible. And but yeah. that's the thing is most people aren't doing that. I mean, yeah. putting putting kids into cages because they're coming across the border isn't exactly conducive to, you know, a, a healthy relationship with other countries in the first place. Anyways, like, but I mean, we we should be more welcoming, I think, because they you can get a lot more uh, benefit out of people coming to our country than not. I feel like oh, this is a freaking nation of immigrants. Yeah, I mean, there ain't nobody here that ain't a freaking immigrant. It's <laughs> 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 insanity. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's crazy. I mean, that's I, I can't really, I don't know what else to say about like my mom being that way. I have no idea how it got to there. I, but to be fair, I don't know how they got to a lot of the way, a lot of the, the ideas that they have now. Is there a lot of uh, Fox News on the television at your at your house there? Oh, they, they're past that. Uh, you know, Fox News was a thing for a long time. But, yeah. you know, I mean, with, with the whole Trump presidency and everything, I don't know if you guys have heard of OAN. Um, OAN. One American... One American News, I believe it's called something like that. Uh-huh. Oh, it's uh, it is essentially 
it's the biggest propaganda. So like it's worse than Fox. I mean, Fox is pretty bad. You know, you see Fox all the time and it's, you know, very entertainment heavy laden. You're just, they're just trying to get viewers. And yeah. a lot of it is just pulling in the people that, you know, are they know are going to be watching their shows, but then OAN is even like worse. They will, they yeah. are, they're just spouting conspiracy theories. They're doing and Trump, like, you know, touted them the entire time his presidency was going on. So I don't this, know if my parents, this is an internet news channel. Is that what it is? No, it's an actual, I think it's an actual like TV channel channel. Um, I'm not entirely sure. I haven't, I haven't actually watched it myself other than like little clips, but hmm. the clips I've seen have been like some of the most like dishonest, like it, it's, it's like crazy stuff. But I mean, even then, I don't know how much my parents actually watch news anymore. I think they've gone even past that. I think they're to the point where they mostly just go on Facebook, look at QAnon posts, and then tell me about them. Mm. And it's like got the answer. I, yeah, exactly. I mean, it's it's funny when you see like articles and videos coming from like you know websites that are only app based. Like you have to you have to watch them on your phone. Mm. Like I remember watching my my I walked into my parents watching a documentary that was based around a like it was in an app and they had mm. to like use their phone on the TV to watch it. Mm. And I, I was like, I was like, this seems way more involved than it should be to watch something that should be true. If, if you guys are believing this kind of thing and you know, yeah. it's, it's one of those things that it's, I mean, yeah, that just seems way too like take way too much work just to watch one thing that. Do you, do you think yeah. there's a uh, element of not being able to separate entertainment from belief or reality? I, whew, that's a good question, but I, I honestly feel like it's not as much that as it is not being able to, not being able to, to, um, to accept responsibility and to, to admit when you're wrong. I think that's a bigger part of it than the entertainment in itself. I mean, I'm not to say that entertainment isn't a part of it. I mean, mm-hmm. I think I think we all kind of get to that point where we have this dissociation between reality and what is, you know, fantasy, and that's because you know fantasy just seems so much better. Let's be honest. I mean, who who really wants to live in this world? Let's let's. I'd yeah. love to be in Lord of the Rings. You know, make me a Hobbit. I don't care. On that, but, oh, <laughs> go, go ahead. Oh. Um, when you're saying to not admit when you're wrong, is there a specific story you had in mind, or something that that you, that was triggered in your mind when you all said these that? articles? <laughs> is, is it that i mean it's a lot of different things i mean it's it's like, like the fact that instead of listening to doctors my dad's willing to say that he knows more than doctors it's uh, okay. instead of so, instead of you know uh, listening to the scientists it's i you know evolution doesn't exist it's you know those types of things where it's it's they're more willing to 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 believe these huh. crazier things than they are willing to believe the thing like, where the bulk of evidence is leading so, so and you're I, you're in a rural area, right? You're not in a and you're not in a major city. Yeah, right now, yeah. So, as far as your parents' uh, daily life, is there? I mean, they don't really come in contact with the city, right? So they'll stay. I mean, you you're not around a lot of people, mm-hmm. right? So who who is? It's just meet other people in the town, right? I mean, so, they don't even. Yeah, yeah sorry, they don't even socialize that much. I mean, they they have friends, but. You know, their friends only conform to their beliefs and they, they usually will go to them or, I mean, rarely they'll come to us, but you know, it, we know who they are. I know who they are. It's, it, they're the same kind of people that my parents are, you know, they, they, well, so in a, in a very insulated way, you could live in your own fantasy and not engage with the outside world, right? Oh yeah. I mean, echo chambers are a thing. And I mean, that's, that's, I think you could, red- <laughs> I think you could do that in a city. I mean, it doesn't matter whether in a rural area. It's harder to do, yeah. Sure. 
If you go to work and you happen to work in an office where there's just five people, you go to work, you come home, you sit on the computer, you watch Netflix and... No, no. But if I step out my front door, I got an Ethiopian family living next door. And there's a Jamaican dude that lives across the street. And then over on the left side is some white people. And then to the on our left is some Asian people. Right? So just out my front door when I'm taking the trash out, I'm yeah. I'm seeing multiculturalism right here. Right? And then I'm gonna I'm gonna go go to the store and I'm gonna see a hundred more people than than you'll see in a small town, right? I'm not gonna see Jim, the guy at the store. I'm gonna see a hundred people around, right? So there's there's this certain exposure that happens when you're in a city, right? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to the university for an event and see all these professors and see all these students and see all these people learning stuff, right? Um, I'm going to drive by a radio telescope over by UNLV, right? I'm going to see solar panels everywhere. And that's going to make me think about what the heck is a solar panel? How does that work, right? Is there some science behind a solar panel? Oh, okay. If you do all this correctly, it pumps out electricity and that can power up a cell phone. So there's, there's this different engagement in a vibrant multicultural city, I think. I'm going to go on a tangent and try to connect it. Uh, so Rhett and Link from Good Mythical Morning, they, they have a YouTube channel that's 18 million subscribers. They, about three or four years ago, they released on the internet that they left faith and mm-hmm. they told their whole story. Um, they, I think it was a two-hour podcast explaining their path, their story, going from North Carolina, having religion in their life and them wanting to be a part of the, uh, I don't think they wanted, they want to do missionaries and they really wanted to help the church. They came to Hollywood, California with their YouTube's channel. And they, one thing that made me connect when you said the story of being in, in a city you're, mm-hmm. you're, you're seeing a lot of things. So you're less likely to be either racist or potentially even religious. So I think it was Rhett. He said, sure, our stories could make a lot of religious people think, oh, those boys went to California Mm -hmm. and every, just like most other people that do that, they leave religion because they went to California. And he was like, the devil got them. Exactly. So he, he said his questions of faith started back in North, North Carolina. It didn't happen. It, it unfortunately he opened up when he was in California about it, but it started in North Carolina for him. Mm-hmm. So it was, he, he happened to see some of the things in California that made him question religion, but it was, it already started back in North Carolina. But anyways, um, yeah. I think uh, what I was connecting with the story was, I think it's unfortunate if people think going to California makes you less racist or less re- religious. It's unfortunate if they, they think that's, I think exposure to the world can help. Oh Yeah. Right. So have you, have you ever traveled to another country? Have you seen how other people live? Have you ever seen, you know, if you go to Mexico, they're largely Catholic, but are they just as welcoming and just as friendly and just as caring about your well-being? right? Will they share a meal with you? You know, are they going to help you if you're stranded on the side of the road? You know, is it, is it all that different or are they just, I'm sorry. I was going to, I was just going to say, so I mean, as far as that goes, I mean, I, I feel like that's a big thing too is, I think currently we have this huge disconnect because people don't experience those things. We don't have enough money to go outside the nation currently. Like most people don't 
make that kind of money anymore to be able to take vacations and go somewhere crazy. So, I mean, people, people have this disconnect where they're not watching, they're not even watching videos about other cultures. They're hearing things about cultures. And, and so there's this disconnect of, you know, they're, they're not people, they're bad people. They're, they're, they're not, you know, they're not this, they're that. So you don't see the communities, you see Mm -hmm. the individuals, you see these bad nuts that are coming through. And, and then you think the whole, it's like, it's like one bad apple spoils the bunch. Well, no, it doesn't. Mm -hmm. One bad apple is bad apple. And the reality is when you're talking about people, it's a separate issue. People people don't spoil one person doesn't spoil an entire group. And a group is spoiled by by their own beliefs, actions, and and inability to to accept mistakes. And 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 I think I, I accept change is a big one too. Yeah. And so and so when it comes down to it, like seeing even just watch like I watch videos about other cultures and like seeing how people like I I love looking at videos about like, you know, Irish culture, Japanese culture or, you know, just around the world kind of stuff, because I'm not going anywhere. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't make the money for that, but I like to see how other people live and like what they have to say about, you know, their life and and how they think about certain things, because culturally everyone's different. And, and the reality is, is being different doesn't mean you're bad. Well, that, Being that, different is- that's a crazy viewpoint because Americans, I mean, not in a bad way. I, I understand what you're saying. What's crazy about it is that Americans have more access and more ability to travel around the world than most countries, right? We are some of the most lucky. We are some of the richest people on earth. And yet we feel like I can't afford to fly to another country and have a vacation. What the fuck is that? You know, when, when in reality we are the most likely or the most possible to have that. Um, and so what, what I think, is the cause of that is, is you're being squeezed too hard. The, the rich take from the poor in this country systematically. It just keeps getting rigged so that the rich get richer and the poor get poorer. I'll add on to that. I agree. I wholeheartedly agree with that. I'll add on, unfortunately, whatever ed, financial education that is in, in America where we, we don't teach, we're not doing a good job of teaching our children. Hey, don't go buy that car. That's a depreciating asset. Don't go buy that BMW. Don't go uh, spend that money on that Gucci, Louis Vuitton mm-hmm. bag, shoes, watch, whatever. There's a culture of entertainment through Hollywood, through advertising, and unfortunately, those aren't. There's not. I don't consumerism. Think yeah, I don't think it's a conspiracy theory thing at all. I think it's just consumerism, probably through corporations that made money, that figured out they could. They could buy corporate or they could buy lobbyists or whatever with their, 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 all their big money. So it's, it's just a evolving bad circle for bad. I don't know. I don't know how better to explain it in America. Consumerism is pushed and causing our hyper capitalism makes us poor. Uh, okay. Hyper capitalism, but also then also the squeeze that plus the squeezing from yeah, if our politicians were good and honest and cared about us and tried to help us, then it'd be a different different world. So add all that together, even though Americans are super rich, they're not traveling as much nowadays. And even in the statistics, people used to travel even from city to city, state to state to find different jobs. That's mm-hmm. happen- That's not happening as much nowadays. The statistics is going down for that too. Oh, I don't want to work. Come on. Well, <laughs> drive to another city to find a job. Get out of here. They used to drive to different cities to get better wages, better salaries, but that's not happening nowadays. Yeah. Um, do you guys want to talk about the bad things of religion, which we already kind of talked 
a, a, quite a bit about it, but let's point I out. Sh- I want to share a quick story. La- last night, uh, I have a meetup group. And so people in their 20s and 30s, it's a social group. We get together and hang out, right? So I just plan stuff like happy hours and coffee shops. And uh, last night we met up at a place in Vegas called the Bacon Bar. And it's like, hey, let's go have bacon-themed food and have some beers and stuff, right? I was disappointed because they didn't have bacon-flavored beer or bacon beer of any kind. I feel like if you're a bacon bar, you should have some kind of freaking bacon beer. That aside, afterwards, they're like, hey, that was cool. Uh, let's go down to Oddfellows, which is like kind of a hip place down downtown, down by Fremont Street. And so I had never been there. I knew my buddy was hanging out there a lot. Uh, actually, Scott from the podcast. <laughs> so he loves Oddfellows. So I go down there expecting like a brewery, you know, uh, kind of place. But it's it's more like a nightclub. It's just really like offbeat, off the wall, you know, kind of counterculture, be whoever you want to be. Uh, you know, if you got a wild costume, you can wear a wild costume. You can, if you, if you want to wear makeup, you can do whatever you want in this strange, uh, club. Right. But it's like a nightclub. It's got three rooms, DJs and stuff. And we walk in and, uh, a young man, you know, comes up and goes, excuse me, you are beautiful. I want you to have a wonderful night. And I think you are so hot. I was like, well, thank you. That's nice. <laughs> I have, you know, and it was, it was weird because he came from such a genuine place, right? But I think most men in America would be struggling with getting a compliment from a gay man, <laughs> right? And, it, I, you know, luckily not the first time I've experienced that. Um, but I'll take it as a freaking compliment because women don't go out of their way to tell me <laughs> when I think I'm looking good. So I, I got to assume... <laughs> gotta take it where you can man. You gotta, yeah. <laughs> i gotta hope i'm doing something right but so i i have a question though yeah. I, I, i'm sorry this is slightly on topic i mean yeah. it, it's kind of weirdly on topic as well though but um so there's this i used to be to go to vegas all the time when i was a kid i have family over there um okay. and there's this place outside of vegas i remember it being like this italian place uh, like in a strip mall, I think, if I remember correctly, and I, I can't remember the name of it anymore. And I was wondering if you guys might know, but it was they had this this pasta specifically. And this is why I think you guys might know it if you've been there. Mm. It was called the Priest Killer, mm. and it was supposedly they had made food for like people in Rome and in you know Italy. And I I can't I don't know the name of this place, but I I swear I uh, I'm I remember being, old school Italian places. Was it yeah. Nora's? I don't, I honestly can't remember. I just remember yeah. it being like some of the best Italian food I've ever had. And I, I can never remember it again. Oh, maybe, maybe bootlegger. <laughs> I, I was just thinking about leggers. Kind of, oh, is that new? What? Well, I don't know. I mean, you're talking to a 28 year old. So <laughs> go back 10 years. <laughs> yeah, really? I mean, this was like, actually, I think this was about 15 years ago. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm just trying to think of Italian joints that are around 15 years yeah. ago. Yeah, really. I mean, yeah, this one was, this one was, yeah, priest killer is what I remember. The priest killer and the pope killer was like a dish. Was the idea it was so much pasta that it would kill you? I just like, no, I, I supposedly, I think what I remember it's being it was so was, sinfully that, good. Yeah, exactly. Like they, I think they made food for like cardinals and stuff. They used to live in Italy and all this stuff. And oh. then they, they moved to America and just kept the names. Like, ah, that's one. This <laughs> yeah. one, oh. Oh no! This one says I don't think this is it. This looks like a newer restaurant. <laughs> this looks. I'm trying to. I'm trying to Google it for you. I'm not. Looks like a strip joint. <laughs> no, you're good. You're good. I was just. I was wondering because I was like, I swear I remember this place. Maybe I was like in a dream or something. But I. <laughs> I, just, I swear this place existed. Like I, for some reason. Yeah. All right. I was wondering. Yeah. That's all. <laughs> uh, but I was. I was thinking of my story in in an exposure sense. Right. I'm exposed to all these different people with wild ideas and different lifestyles and different lives, in that 
I, I lose my, uh, what do you call it? Discrimination, right? I, I don't think of other people and enemies and other tribes and they're from that country and, and that group, right? It's just people are people, right? This, this guy was having a good night and you know, he wanted, wanted to give me a compliment. So it didn't, didn't offend my masculinity at all. Like what, you know, wish I was interested, but sorry, dude. No, I didn't, we didn't even get that far. He just went on and, and had it, had his night and I, I was out on the dance floor, had enough drinks in me to start dancing and you know, just people having a good time. So it's when you mix in with, with, with the city, mix in with the culture, you, you start to break down a lot of those barriers, I think. Yeah. And that was an, an interesting thing that happened last night. Mm. So, so every day you go out into the city, you have a chance to open your eyes a little more or meet somebody from Bulgaria, mm-hmm. right? Or, or meet somebody from wherever. I know a Polish guy, right? So I know I can, I can keep going, right? Mm-hmm. I know, I know a doctor that, uh, was originally from Africa. Great guy, right? So there's a whole interesting world and it, it comes to America, but if you're in an isolated or secluded place, you don't get that exposure. Yeah. And, or if you close your mind too, like yeah. you can, other people could meet those same people. And yet if their mind is closed, it's probably tougher, but at least there's a chance of them opening up and changing their mind. Yeah. You know, you know, what's another thing I see around Vegas too, is, um, this kind of, a kind of asshole redneck culture where like, I'm going to drive a big fucking truck and I'm going to, I'm going to try to make it uh blow coal. What do they call it? Rolling smoke. I want, yeah, like I'm gonna try to I'm gonna try to make black exhaust come out of my truck. I'm gonna have all these uh you know whatever uh, political stickers on it. So I'm gonna declare to everybody and I'll fly an American flag and 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 uh, and we've taken the American flag as a as a sign of this group this this anti multiculturalism and I'm just gonna be the most obnoxious redneck I can be, right? <laughs> and it's weird when they're driving a Tundra. <laughs> Cause that's a Japanese truck mm. and I don't get it. Like you are so dumb. Like if you're going to be an asshole American, drive a fucking American truck. <laughs> that's a good point. Sorry. I mean, no, that's a good point. It's a good point. I mean, really, you're not, you're not going around driving a Chrysler or like, you know, I mean, yeah, it's, yeah, it's crazy. I mean, anyways, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I think you're right though. And I, I will say it's kind of weird. I'm, I'm from a more insular community. I would say like, I'm, I, my the area I grew up in was predominantly white, mm-hmm. but I would I would hope I'm not racist. I mean, shit, shit I don't know. <laughs> but yeah. I, I can't you can't say that about yourself, right? Like I'm not I'm not going to be like you know I've I've never I've never said anything. I've never thought things like you know I try my best to not be a certain way. And mm-hmm. and I I've I've got friends that are you know different races. My one of my best friends is uh, Filipino. He's a really cool guy. <laughs> Just got in a relationship. But, but mean you know, you're not going to see him again. Nah, it's, it was it was a couple months. I'm not going to lie. But, but no, I, he's, yeah, he's still one of my best friends, one of my oldest friends. And then at the same time, um, I've got friends that are, you know, a lot of friends that are white. And then I've got friends. I've met people at work that are, you know, the other just other races. And at the same time, I, I I've never like thought differently of them than I think I think of anyone else. You know. Mm-hmm. The most of them just kind of like, where's your accent from? And that's it. yeah. <laughs> most of everything. I mean, so, so you have you have Mexican heritage, but you said that physically you appear just Caucasian. Oh Is yeah, that- I'm 
I'm as white passing as they come. I mean, I'm, I look like I'm Irish to some degree. Yeah. I've even got the stocky build. Like I probably went and got into a bar fight last night, you know, kind of a thing. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's strange. Cause I, I definitely am very proud of my Mexican heritage. Um, mm. I'm proud that I am Mexican and I, I love learning about Mexican like culture, Yeah. but there's this, there's this part of me that I'm like, I don't know if I should be like, if, if, if I've, I almost, feel bad like learning about my own culture to some degree because i feel like someone's going to come up to me and say like are you are, should you be really talking like that or should you be acting that way you know kind of thing and i'm like wait wait, I love let, it. wait let's dig into that you say you feel bad about learning about your the mexican culture it's, it's this weird i don't know i can't exactly explain it there's this there's this thought process where i'm like i see myself in the mirror and i'm like can i am i really okay like learning the things about my own culture i don't know like i i feel like and like, I, I mean not not that i don't you know but like you feel like a fake or what kind of like i feel i it almost feels like i'm i'm doing it superfluously you know kind of thing like i'm, I'm doing mm. it just because i want to act like i'm you know i'm worldly or more cultured than i am but i mean but i do like learning about my culture like i love i i, I wish i did celebrate day of the dead and stuff more or you know i i mean i, I will say that i've i've gained more of an appreciation for mexican food um yeah. to be honest my mom's not the greatest cook so growing up she didn't make the best mexican food mm. it was mostly like chicken and rice and i was like man i really hate this now. <laughs> <laughs> but but nowadays you know i'm eating like pozole and pozole rojo and that's really good stuff and then you get to like i mean i've i've finally gotten good tamales like i always hate i always hated tamales because at least in washington they're just too much masa in them it's like ridiculous yeah um, i don't i don't think you should ever be ashamed or afraid to learn about a home culture right i mean yeah. you, you could like to step it back like you could just be interested in a random place right you go hey you know what zimbabwe seems like an interesting place i'm really curious about everything that's going on in zimbabwe you know what do they do what do they eat right but in this one, you have some connection to go, you know what, my heritage, like half of my genes are from Mexico. Yeah. So I have an interest in learning about Mexico. And I yeah. don't think you should ever shy away from that. Yeah. I mean, but, that's, yeah, I, I agree with that too. Like it's, it's, it's one of those things where it's not, it's not as much like the rational side of me thinking that. Yeah. It's just like, there's this part of me, I think that it's, it's like the imposter syndrome that you get like almost when you're working a job long enough and you think, oh, yeah. am I really supposed to be here? It's kind of that thing where you, where I'm. I'm not yeah. exactly not understanding that I shouldn't be, I should be learning about my culture and I love learning about my culture. But yeah. at the same time, like there's that part of me where I look in the mirror and I'm like, Oh man, is that okay? Like, am I, mm. am I okay eating pasole rojo tonight? Like, I don't, I don't know. Should I, should You're I really fully be allowed it? to? Yes. We will give you permission. Please comment below and give John permission to be half Mexican. Well, is it, do you think, are you trying to take a step in the future and think on, if someone were to judge you, if you were doing all this research on Mexican history and you started uh, wearing a Mexican flag on your on your shoulder or something, <laughs> a, a, a pin or something, others might judge you. They say, hey, you're a white guy. Why are you doing that? No, or he's going to wear Raiders gear. <laughs> 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 or is it that you feel that you lived a life of certain privilege that uh, so I'm Asian. I feel that I've worked in places where white counterparts, programmers that I worked with, they got higher raises and promotions than I did. Mm -hmm. So are you somehow, I don't know. I'm just throwing ideas out there. Are you, are you afraid to dive into Mexican history or culture because you feel that you lived a life of certain, of a certain privilege here? Is that? 
I, I think maybe part of that, like it's, it's, I, I would say it's more of an unconscious thing than it is like a conscious thing. Like I'm not making the decision to feel a certain way as much as I just kind of every once in a while get that feeling. And I'm like, that yeah. is that okay? Like, I don't know, but it, it's not like, it's not like I'm sitting here like, you know, I, I think I'm a bad person and I, I think I need to stop. Like, I mean, I, I try my best. I hope I'm not a bad person. I'm not going to say I'm a great person. I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm a person. I'm just as, as human as they come. Yeah. I mean, hopefully. Yeah. I don't know how much I've been built, but I uh, know. I mean, as, as far as that goes, it's just one of those things. Yeah, it's it's an unconscious feeling that I don't I don't mean to feel and I don't mean to like go in it really like, you know, it's it's not yeah. like it. It's not exactly guilt as it is like, like I said, like imposter syndrome, imposter syndrome, where you almost feel like, am I supposed to be OK doing this? And and so in the end, like if, if I were to say wear a flag and someone came up to me and said something, I'd probably tell them I'm like my mom was born in mexico and i'm mexican like proudly yeah. mexican I, I love i love my heritage i love i nice. i love the food especially but <laughs> yeah i mean i like food in general so i mean that's not really saying much <laughs> but <laughs> but yeah so i mean it's yeah as far as that goes it's mostly just in an a, this weird unconscious thing that you, i get from you know looking a certain way but actually being a different way mm. and I, I do wish my my culture. I say I would say growing up. I wish I learned more and was was more active about, especially learning Spanish, mm. because I mean I currently work talking. I mean I work talking with people that speak Spanish, and I can you know I I speak broken Spanish as much as I can, but it's not like I'm fluent. Yeah, I know a lot of curse words. I'll be honest, but you know it's it where doesn't it get me yeah, exactly. I don't get very far in Mexico that way. So. <laughs> <laughs> like. <laughs> can't walk around cussing at people <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> i mean it is funny though hearing the amount of curses you, that come out of uh of truck drivers mouths <laughs> yeah. i mean you don't expect it like so i mean it's it's yeah it's fun to learn but at the same time yeah you have that whole thing yeah so random thought uh i'm vietnamese american i'm i feel like in america there's like i mentioned earlier where i've as a programmer, I've seen white people count white uh, coworkers get promotions and pay uh, salary um, promotions when when I felt I should have deserved it. Um, but then on the flip side, when I go to Vietnam, I'm too American to kind of get some of the perks of being Vietnamese, if that makes sense. Meaning they uh-huh. will talk talk amongst themselves like oh that's an american they won't understand he won't understand our culture or don't don't involve him on these whether i don't think it's events but uh culturally they may keep to themselves more and not open up to me as much as much so it kind of sucks uh it's just i'm just randomly speaking i without really much thought um that i don't get the benefits of certain things in America and I don't get some of the benefits of certain things in Vietnam. Mm-hmm. Oh, and that's, yeah. I mean, I, I think that's kind of a problem when you see that kind of systemic stuff happen. Yes. Yes. It does feel like, yeah. I mean, I, and that's, I, I, I feel bad because that is one thing I can't, I can't talk on that really. I'm, I'm white. Like I said, but I, I understand that like that does happen a lot. And I'm, I've been fortunate enough that the places I have worked have been a very hefty mix of, of different cultures and races. Like mm. in, in the last place I worked, we had like most of the bosses that I had were either Mexican or they were uh, African. And like, we had like 
two, I think two that were white, <laughs> but beyond that, it was like six or seven others that were not. <laughs> and I, I think that was interesting. But the farther up you looked, the more you saw like more white, you know, more white people like up the, up the chain. Uh, the head of the warehouse was white. The, the his boss was black, but his the boss above him was white. You know, the CEO was white. The the people below him directly are white. Like all of them. Wait, all this woke talk is true. <laughs> I mean, it's some degree. It depends on where you're talking about, but I mean, I would say yeah, for sure. I, I think I think, and especially, I would say with the whole police stuff coming around. You know, the last five years a lot of the information that came out about you know i, I what was it? i think there was a hack that like they showed a, a police station having communications with other you know stations in this i forget what state but they had these communications where they were talking about how they were arrest they they were planning on arresting like black people more often than not and mm. it was it was this weird thing where they were like it was it definitely was like, why, why would you talk about this? Why would this be like a conversation to be like, why we, we should do this more often? Like, what is that helping? What is that going to do for, you know, your work? I mean, that's, it's, it's crazy to me. And, but I mean, yeah, like I said, I, I, I can't talk too much on that kind of stuff because I haven't experienced it in the same that's, way. That's a hard a one to address without context. Exactly. <laughs> I know that's, that's, it's rough for me. Like I've, I've seen a lot of it and I'm, I'm glad to say that I, I support, you know, obviously I support, um, that being ended like that kind of stuff not coming you know the forefront i think maybe maybe um reevaluating how the police work and how how they are I, I think that's important too like you know being able to to change our current law system might be a good idea <laughs> mm. so i mean with, with whole with like like i said with reaganomics coming coming back to that uh, um you have the whole prison system being based around you know, people that had drug uh, offenses, you know, having having the smallest amount of, of you know, weed or, or whatever drugs mm. being put in prison for decades. And, and you know, and it's it's really just this whole thing about making a profit in prison for for this the minimal amount of wages they can give like pennies to pennies to the dollar, you know, kind of a thing. And so it's 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 kind of crazy. But yeah, I mean, I, I support. I support a lot of the stuff that has to do with with rehabilitation more so than than prisons at this point. You know, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd rather have that. That's a very scientifically educated viewpoint to have. <laughs> so we got about less than fifteen minutes till final questions. But do we want to kind of close out with kind of thoughts on the topic of religion? Is there a message that we would hope people walk? I away? I feel like we touched on all of the uh, keywords that will get this uh, podcast ban from advertising on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> so whatever you say, it doesn't matter. Did Go we ahead. miss anything? <laughs> Did we miss anything? <laughs> yeah. get us banned. Or is there, should we summarize any, anything that we want uh, to say? Um, yeah. Yeah. How are you feeling, John? What is, is there anything we missed that you wanted to, well, to I know share you, with I the think you're going to talk about, I know you're going to talk about like the bad stuff about religion. And, and the one thing I really wanted to say about that was, um, I, I think this is probably my most, I don't, I don't know if I want to say extreme view, but like, uh, I would say that there's not a lot religion brings to the table that can't be a given or gotten outside of religion that is good for somebody, you know, like you can find community in other places. Like people, I go to D and D every weekend, you know, with a bunch of friends or, or you can go to community meetups. They have those all over different cities, you know, or different towns. You can, you can find them where they, they have those types of things. If you want you know, you want, you want to find love somewhere. I mean, you got to go and find it yourself kind of a thing. And, and I think that's, that's kind of the rough thing with religion. Yeah. Like it brings this community that you can easily find, mm -hmm. but 
you can't find it's not like you can't find that other places and and that's kind of one of those things like i, I think yeah a lot of the stuff that you see with religion it can it can be a given to you in other in other places or you can find it in other in other more fulfilling ways sometimes i have a kind of a story connected with that um so connected to there's morality beyond outside of religion i emma knows me i I almost spend too much time thinking about every word I say, every, every action that I do to try to be a moral person. I just have this problem where I want to positively affect the, the small bubble around me. Um, but so I don't think I have a morality issue. I had, I worked with this manager who was very religious and he, he must've had a, he had a bone to pick with me because he knew I wasn't religious, but we didn't talk about religion at work pretty much pretty much never there's a few sentences he would say here and there and it was jabs at me and one of the one of the ones that stuck out that didn't make sense to me i didn't have an answer at the time how to i didn't have a quick comeback on it um there was some news article that came up right before lunch we were all going to lunch on a friday i think it was and some news i think it was some news article about some i think it was some porn how pornography house got busted raided for illegal something wait what's a pornography house just sell they're i think they're publishers of pornography they're gonna oh the house of a publisher yeah so he this manager says to me like he, he said something like oh how's how's not being religious what was it i forgot the i forget the wording the the meaning that he said was he was trying to say, oh, you're not religious. This is your problem. Because of you and your people, mm. this happened. Yeah. I, I was so, it felt so, to me, it felt such a, it felt like he made such a stupid connection mm. that I, I, I just didn't, I didn't have a comeback. I, I'm very, I'm <laughs> you're, very, you're so wrong in so many ways. I don't even know yeah, how to. I'm such a moral person. You think that just because I don't believe in religion, you think I've lost all morality. And those people aren't even connected to me, but. Yeah. He think yeah. He was trying to say by not believing religion, me and my people do things like that. We do illegal acts of pornography. At least porn house. Yeah. Oh, it was illegal porn. They they are doing something illegal. Oh, I missed that part. Okay. So, yeah, I don't really have a point with that story. Go ahead, John. (laughs) I was just. (laughs) It's a good way ending it. (laughs) Yeah. I was just gonna say. I was just gonna say, like adding on to things, like uh, as far as you know uh talking about it reminds me of like steve harvey that whole clip of him you know on, on the internet where he, i mean well it was in an interview with i think Alan generous or somebody i don't remember who but he, he was talking about you know i don't i don't understand atheists because i don't understand their moral barometer oh. and i think that's where it comes in is they don't people don't understand where your morals are coming from they don't understand like how you're rationalizing things and so that that becomes part of the problem and i think as well like when we talk about moral things and what Mm. religions are doing i mean the catholic church isn't exactly the most moral example and especially with a lot of the the mass graves coming out of canada and uh other countries that had to do with catholic schools like that's those are crazy like i i can't believe that that's that that you know they're going unscathed in these countries where that's being found you know i mean i think yeah they found one recently in canada they had one in ireland they had one in you know just different countries of just mass graves of children that were buried next to these catholic schools 
that showed signs of of you know sexual and and like violent assault and that's crazy and mm. and at the same time we have these these whole this whole uh culture of of moving priests around that have been doing things to children and and they're not going to jail they're just going to other churches because it's easier to move somebody around than it is to rehabilitate them and we don't rehabil- they don't really rehabilitate them and that's a big problem and it's something they haven't addressed a lot in the Catholic Church that I think needs to be addressed that that having those, those types of people and and having people be rehabilitated is one thing I'm okay with that I'm all for that mm-hmm. but moving them to a different place just so they can continue their actions is not rehabilitation that's no they were trying yeah. to hide the problem not give exactly. them another opportunity exactly yeah I'm sure they told them stop <laughs> once yeah exactly yeah. like rip. any no sex with boys. Stop it. Oh my god. <laughs> I mean, really, that's yeah. It feels it feels like a it feels like a bad parent. <laughs> Just kind of like slap on the wrist. All right, don't do it again. <laughs> and that's yeah. I mean that's it's rough because uh, you know as someone who who would love to see that you know get better those those that religion or those those people get better as a community. I mean, having having that happen and having that continue to happen is just awful. And, and I mean, you know, yeah, I, I mean, it's rough because, you know, coming from that community, it's, it's not like I want to see those people just fail or I want the religion to fail necessarily. I want, I want everybody to be in a place where they're doing better, where, where things change and people are edited of themselves doing a lot better for themselves and by others than, than before. And, and it's yeah. sad to see that that type of thing is just staying in stagnation, in stagnation, you know? in those in those institutions so all right any closing thoughts guys on yes the topic of religion we live in a house uh, we live in a uh i was gonna say porn house we, li- <laughs> <laughs> we live in a porn house we live in a nation where <laughs> where two adults are allowed to have sex with each other freely uh if one of those adults is also a man <laughs> then that's now legal it didn't used to be very socially acceptable if a male and a female want to have sex and one of them wants to pay the other one then that's not legal but if two adults want to have sex and one of them wants to pay each other and then you want to film it then it's legal again generally speaking so it's a very odd set of cultural rules we've got around sex yeah and porn houses <laughs> Specifically, yeah, the porn houses. Yeah. You gotta, gotta mention those. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, the Playboy Mansion's still a thing, so I mean, I, I can't beat that bad. To, you know, I mean, there's a porn mansion somewhere. Yeah, right. <laughs> the devil lives there. <laughs> <laughs> Is Hugh Hefner still alive? Actually, no, I think he passed a few years ago. I think didn't he? I might I be wrong. Is it? Is the Playboy Mansion still around though? I don't know. I don't know. That's a crazy question. I don't know why. We, we have so much going on on the internet that we don't need to watch that TV show anymore. Mm. That place is just Mad Max Thunderdome nowadays. Rides <laughs> in fights. Like, <laughs> well, oh all right, John. Any closing thoughts on religion? Um, I've. Uh, that's a good question. Uh, it's a question that I don't know if I have an answer to. How, I mean, how about let's close out on the question. <laughs> What do we think think is actually feasible uh, to f- to fix in religion or in the society with religion? I think I think 
better education, better, better, uh, better skeptic, like uh, ability to, to evaluate things and understand that things aren't always as they seem. I think, I think a big thing right now in our culture is in the future, I think we need to focus on looking at things that are as not being black and white, but more of having gray areas, because I think that's most of the world. I think most things are in a gray area. And I think that's something that we don't consider a lot anymore is, is that things just aren't black and white anymore. And they, they never really were in the first place. And that we all have these, these levels and these, these, um, these area, these, these uh, sliding scales to things where you're not just evil. You're trying to do good for your, like people, people, I think in general are, are inherently good. They're trying to do good by themselves and for the people that they love. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, is that it's, it's, it's hard to know what is good for you when you're being told so many different things in, in this day and age and the information era. It's like people don't know how to parse through information well enough that skepticism becomes this this kind of hard thing to 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 glean to be able to pull away from because how, how do you how do you know what you're looking at and how how it's going to affect the future? How do you know whether or not that's true or not? And we're we're kind of getting to that point where I think we have to be teaching our teaching, you know, younger generations and, and I mean, even older generations, hopefully that, that they have to look at things a lot more skeptically and, and with a more um, discerning eye. And that's, that's something I don't think is happening currently. And I think that's something that can happen, but you know, we have to work towards it. I can't believe you guys went through this whole podcast without saying Sam Harris. Oh yeah. I mean, I, I actually never, I mean, I know Sam Harris, New Atheism Movement, all that stuff. I just didn't, he's not someone I really paid attention to in comparison to like other, other atheists. And I think maybe that's just because of my age. Like I tend to watch younger atheists along, I mean, aside from Matt Dillahunty, who's not exactly young anymore. But, you know, he's, I, I, I tend to watch like Talk Heathens, a really new, a new podcast that just came out. And they, they talk about stuff frequently. And they're a lot more, they're a lot more soft in how they talk. And, and I, I, if you're, you know, looking into trying to to look into that kind of stuff, I mean, talk even's a great way to start, just because you they're a lot more, they're a lot more. Um, you're you're advanced enough now; you can handle Sam Harris. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think I'm, he's I'm on. Just, I think on YouTube you can find one where he's with uh, Dilla Hunty. Oh yeah, yeah. He he's been yeah. He's had talks before. I know. I really would love to see. I mean, I'm sad that uh, the amazing Randy passed away actually more recently. Yeah, um, I think you would enjoy some Sam Harris debates where he debates uh, like priests and religious figures. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, they're older, older clips, but he really just is such a super logical person, and he is so good at speaking and, and expressing his points that he just destroys these religious. Uh, they're like debaters, right? Or they're, they're they're famous right. speakers. Uh-huh. Um, and they'll, they'll go down the, you know, there, there must be a God is the religion is the right way. My religion is the one. And, and he'll just, yeah. the, the way he speaks to them, it's, it's not at all insulting or anything. It just, just dismantles their, their faulty arguments. Yeah. And that's, yeah, you got Ken Hoven, you got, you know, Ken Ham, you have, I mean, yeah, all, all those that you see and it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's interesting for sure. Um, I mean, knowing, knowing the culture of Christianity versus, versus, you know, secularism is just, it's interesting to see like the, the two sides of that coin and seeing the arguments yeah. because, yeah. <laughs> cool. My closing thought, I'll just throw out some <clears throat> random thoughts. Maybe if re- religious people would, l- they just don't think that 
atheists or agnostic people are evil. Like, I'm atheist and or agnostic. If some religious person ha- has some questions that they want to learn about science, software engineering or something, they could ask me. But don't innately think that I'm just evil, that I'm I'm here with an uh, with with your porn house with my porn house and a gun <laughs> gun in my pocket i'm going to shoot them or stab them or something like no oh, guns are good <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> but it's it's weird that or to i guess for when they think that pe- people that aren't religious they think that they're evil that that's that's weird to me like yeah just because i'm not re- i i guess i understand that they think if you're not with god then you're with the devil but mm-hmm. It's not yeah, the world that we live in. There, there's yeah. a there's a lot of hypocrisy in the most devout believers. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I mean, that's that's the crazy thing to me is you definitely see that. I, I mean, gosh, come back to politics. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, like that's the thing is like I, with Republicans and conservatives, they're they're really going after and saying like you know the other side is all pedophile and all, and then it's coming out that like they themselves have child pornography on their computers. It's like, man, you really shouldn't be talking about that then if that's mm. the case. Like, yeah. I mean. But is, isn't that the projection is like, if I exactly. have this evil inside me that is only constrained by my religion, then you must also be evil unconstrained. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's for sure. Yeah. I, I Yeah. I, that's a good way of putting it. <laughs> All right. Let's go into the final question section. Lightning round, lightning round. All right. <laughs> what, uh, actually, you, we, we got a decent amount of time, so feel free to elaborate on these. What great daily habit or habits do you have? uh oh geez i mean it's are we still talking about religion or just like health wise or just in general <laughs> okay i mean so, well since, well, since no I'm, religious habits at all i'm curious on the religious one then <laughs> or he has to refute uh, one article from mom a day. I, I, <laughs> really no i eat pasta actually um you know pastafarian all the way uh no um no i i um as far as habits go i mean i f- work out be healthy live your life be good uh try and try and be a good person uh I, like after my after my uh having been left by some you know by uh, the person that i was with for eight and a half years that was first thing i did i came out of i came out of that relationship went home and i started just working out constantly out of anger uh, more just out of depression i was like if i can't do anything else i might as well just start running and i just ran every day and i've gotten to a point where i'm pretty consistent about it i do about four days a week 45 minutes I mean, not just running because I'm, I'm hefty. <laughs> yeah. I'll be honest. I'm getting there, but I'm I've I've lost probably a good seventy pounds at this point. Mm. Oh, um, that's since awesome. that'll happen. Yeah, I mean, but I mean, yeah, I'm I'm a lot lighter than I used to be, and oh, I, you are I, blessed. Oh, I wish. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not Jesus's work. <laughs> so when when you said religious, uh, when I said what what great daily habit do you have, and you you said is it, you asked me if it's religious. What did you have in mind? Because oh, we were talking about oh, religion so- for three hours. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, no, I thought maybe you had something specific. Okay, okay. Sorry. No, no, no. I, I mean, as far as as far as daily things go, I, I would say if we're talking about religious stuff, uh, I, 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 like I said, I love watching podcasts or debates because it gives you these new ideas about what people believe, and you get to hear uh, like the most common and more more widely used um, arguments from people. And those arguments can be the thing that either changes your mind or it can just help you to understand your your ideas more and to to be a little bit more, you know, discerning with them. If, if you're hearing things that are out there, you know, you could be like, well, I don't believe that, you know? Awesome. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, but I watch Conspiracy Network so that I can refute your nonsense. 
<laughs> the earth is flat because lasers don't hit boats. All right. I don't want to hear that. <laughs> Yeah. All right. Next question. What do you know or think of cryptocurrency? Oh, wow. Um, I'm, I'll be honest. I don't know a lot of things. And uh, even the stuff here, I would take with a grain of salt because I, I say things off the cuff that I have, I'm sometimes not as well versed in as I would like. So obviously look anything up, I say, because I've got no idea. But cryptocurrency, uh, I don't have any of it. <laughs> mm. I know Bitcoin and Dogecoin were a thing and I've got no idea how any of that works. I know one of my friends uses it to buy things. And that's that's about all I what know. What does he buy? Uh things Porn? i can't i can't not well i'm not saying that but I'm, i can't exactly say what he buys i'm not gonna i'm better not, gonna not be illegal porn. <laughs> <laughs> not, probably drugs but yeah, well, anyways we'll, we'll uh, jump on let's not get into wait, that you just said the thing we're not supposed to say <laughs> yeah, no, whoa, 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 whoa. we don't nobody does those all right calm down <laughs> do you think cryptocurrency is here to stay do you think it's going to go away do you think it's a fad oh man i mean i think I think it's probably going to stay around. I don't think it's going to be as popular as 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 big as people have wanted it to be, and I think that's shown it, in that that's been the case since it's come out. You know, since crypto has come out, since since Bitcoin, since Doge, and all that stuff, they've had these massive um, you know peaks, and then they've had these massive dips. And that's the thing is, I think I think it's just so uncertain right now with those that the only we would have to have a secondary catalyst that would bring these things to the forefront of current like monetary usage i think i think having an outside source of income and and currency is a good idea for sure um as far as as far as you know countries and being stuck in 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 these these modes of of payment and trade that are mm. are specific to you know whatever group decides you know this or that but i mean having something that is that is separate from that i think is a good idea but it's it's something that needs a lot more traction and needs some kind of like i said catalyst to to really get its feet like on the ground so hey hey internet uh like and subscribe because we are not financial advisors this is <laughs> this is not financial advice yeah don't but, believe me don't believe me please <laughs> it's a great time to buy cryptocurrencies right now <laughs> if you yeah, wanted no. some they're all on sale <laughs> <laughs> they're all on sale <laughs> They're all on like two sale for right one, now. Bitcoin, like yeah. <laughs> you get two, two for the price of one. Yeah. All right. Next um, question. What's the biggest problem for humans and what do we do to fix it? Oh, it's, it's, I, I would say currently, I mean, the indirect problem I would say is, is the whole thing about the information age. We're in this age where information is freely given and easily obtained but that information isn't necessarily true, accurate, or you know, it can lead you down the wrong path. You can you can be misinformed so easily these days. So it's it's hard to know exactly what you should be and shouldn't be looking at, or what is exactly true. So I mean, I, th I think that's a big problem right now is that we're we have these massive dips where information is just these misinformation campaigns are being given and it's it's making things so much harder for like anything. I mean, you could talk about climate change is isn't people aren't believing in climate change. They don't believe in, they don't believe in evolution. They don't believe in, you know, all of these things that currently are, I mean, things that are problems, especially like climate change, which are, are it's even scientists are freaking out about now. They're starting to really say like, we have to do something in the next 10 years. If we don't, 
it could it's, it, this stuff could be irreversible we couldn't do anything past that kind of a thing mm-hmm. and and we're not doing anything about it because half the half of our country at least is saying well it doesn't exist anyways you know like so i mean that's that's kind of the rough part is yeah. at what point yeah at what point are we going to save ourselves or can we if if this kind of thing is is so if so prevalent in society when when it's so easy to have that happen and so so we have so much information but we are too stupid to figure out what's good info well, I would say it's partially that, and then I mean, not exactly stupid, but <laughs> I would say it's it's more like we just we don't have a lot of people don't have the knowledge to 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 stupid. discern what yeah <laughs> you know stupid stupid's the word, but I mean I, I try and use better words. Actually, okay. I, I'll word it in the sense of dumb shit. Our our lives are getting more complicated. More there's so much science on every every facet. Um, a little bit of a tangent, like. In software engineering, 15 years ago, you would just be a programmer. There Nowadays, there's front-end programmer, back-end mm-hmm. programmer, mm-hmm. web designer, uh, network engineer. It, it is full stack. Yeah. And, then, and then it's come full circle to a, a title called full stack because back in the day when I was a programmer, I, was a, I did everything. But then they broke it out into so many pieces for so many, for so many years where now they have a title called full stack for people that know a little bit about, about every, um, every yeah. facet there. So, uh, so what I mean, things are getting so complicated that I think the average human, I, I kind of feel like it's tough to get a decent grasp on the world. Yeah, I agree with that. To, to yeah. Some, yeah, to some degree. Not, I mean, sure, we can navigate through life and go to school, get, get an education, get a salary, get a car, get a house. But when it gets to the high level stuff, it's so complicated. Yeah, you could be really smart at something and not have enough knowledge about oh, so many other things. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. If you, if anybody out there is uh, confused about climate destabilization, if if you're not sure what's going on, or if you question whether the <laughs> the nine, what is it nine billion people, if you question whether the nine billion people on Earth doing all the things we do with all these chemicals is affecting the climate around us, if you're unsure about that. Go to a ski resort and talk to the people at the ski resort and ask them if something fucked up is happening with their snow. <laughs> that will tell you whether our climate is being destabilized. 7.7 7 billion. 7.7? 7. 7? Oh, okay. Oh, our birth rate is declining, right? We hit, uh, we hit max. Do we hit max humans? We hit peak human, which means the Peaks. birth, uh, the maximum number of births per year we've, are, we've hit. We, the statistic estimates and predictions show that we won't be producing as many babies, but that doesn't mean we're not, we're not still, we're still getting more humans per year. It's just because we're living longer. Are we at replacement rate? It's two, two kids per couple, right? Yeah. Depends on what society you're talking about. I think certain ones are actually declining in birth rate, and some are not. But that's like obviously for for Japan for is like leading trying. the pack. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Japan has their declining birth rates. They they have a lot larger uh, senior rate than or senior like uh, 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 what's what's population than than most other countries. Uh, it's that is tends to be like their largest population. I think currently, mm-hmm. um, other countries like China have been declining their birth, like intentionally declining birth rates for a long time by having like the one child policy and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, depends on what you're talking about, though. You know, so um, I think yeah. yeah. 
in America, it's it's I think still growing just slightly, but it's it is kind of evening out too. Are you counting immigration or not counting immigration? Uh, well, if I count myself, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah, I, it just depends on what we're talking about. I would say, but well, so we're at seven point seven billion. Mm-hmm. Is that number going to go up uh, for the next few years? Oh yeah, no, no, it's still going up. We yeah. just we just won't pre- be producing as many humans. Gotcha. I do Wait. like the term peak human, though. <laughs> is it is that why all those dudes in the trucks are rolling coal? Are they trying to prove that this doesn't hurt the environment? <laughs> I don't know what the logic is there. I think it's. I think they're trying to start infertility. You know, so if they can <laughs> start what infertility, if they can oh, yeah. if they can roll that coal in some. <laughs> I would, I, hmm, I feel like there would be an aspect that whether intentionally or unintentionally, they are saying that they don't believe in global warming because some, yeah. every, anybody that does, they probably at least, yeah, at least not go over the top and start trying to blow black smoke out of the back of their car. Oh, Although they're I, trying to be obnoxious. Yeah. A little both. I would say it's I, probably I would think both. it would still, yeah. <laughs> because <laughs> like yeah i've definitely I, if you look at a lot of those trucks they'll have like climate changes real stickers on the back of their truck <laughs> and then and then they'll blow smoke into like like that one video of the person blowing rolling coal into a whole building worth of people like oh. that was pretty bad <laughs> but i mean yeah like, yeah i mean that should be a criminal offense right if you're releasing exhaust gases into a building yeah yeah be. yeah all right, next question's a lot easier. What's your favorite food or dish? Oh, boy, oh, boy. Uh, oh, maybe it's harder. <laughs> well, so questions here, get harder. I'm, I was a fat person for a long time. I'm still pretty <laughs> fat. I mean, not as fat as I was, but, you know, uh, as far as food goes, um, I have I have these dishes that I – it's not favorites, I would say, but it's dishes that I order every time I go to a restaurant to gauge how good the restaurant is. And so I've got this whole thing where, like, if I go to an Italian restaurant, I, I tend to order the same dish at every, like, first time at every one of these different restaurants. So, like, if I'm going to a burger place, I'm ordering the same burger. If I go to an Italian restaurant, As I As a measuring stick? Yeah, kind of like a – so, like, with Italian food, I always get Alfredo because it's really simple. And if the place can't get it right, you know it's not a good place to eat because if they can't make Alfredo, it's, like – it's it's pretty much like making mac and cheese like how how much how much more can you really do if you can't make mac and cheese you know oh, you gotta make this sauce out of cream cheese and parmesan <laughs> pretty much it yeah. <laughs> i'm just saying i mean if you can't do that it? is there milk in the sauce i think it's i think it just use cream okay. they might use milk to like pat it out of it but i mean yeah usually and there's yeah so i mean if you're going to like an italian place a fredo if i'm going to like a burger place it's going to be a bacon blue blue cheeseburger mm. um, wouldn't you be happier if like you were in the mood for meatballs and you're just like i'll get the meatballs and some spaghetti i mean later on sure but like i said i got that measuring stick i got to start with the alfredo to be like is this a good place or not <laughs> okay so you're more and concerned then, can i go back to this place yes exactly so once i come back then i'll be like okay let's try the lasagna you know let's get some of that manicotti you know <laughs> all that stuff but i mean as far as as far as like other foods go yeah it's, it just depends entirely like i'm if i'm going to to you know uh thai it's it's usually i, I actually get curry at thai a lot i get like yellow chicken curry or something i do the same oh. thing with like uh i usually do the same thing with uh, um like uh, indian food i'll do like butter chicken <laughs> instead mm, butter um, chicken, butter so, chicken. Oh, delicious. so, so solid such a solid dish um and then say like it's, it's I'm not going, buttery chicken though right isn't it more like a yogurt chicken oh i don't know 
Yeah. It's, I'm not really it's sure not either. just butter chicken. It's no a deceptive name, <laughs> but it's tasty. Yeah. If I'm going to like Thai, it's going to be Thai iced tea. That's, that's for sure. I don't really care about anything else. I just want my Thai iced tea. Um, <laughs> I mean, other foods, yeah, it just depends entirely. I'll, I'll grab one basic dish, eat that. And then the next time I come back, I'll eat something entirely different. <laughs> that's a very interesting answer. Mm. Yeah. Well, John, thanks for being on the Limley podcast. John, thank you. Yeah. Thanks it was, for it was a wonderful time with us. A pleasure. Cheers. Like and subscribe. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Please push the button. I know it. I know it. Uh, I think I did actually already. I might have. I'll I mean, uh, those for our listeners more than. Oh, no, no, no. I did it. I did it. Don't worry about it. I, John can you know, do it. You can do it too. I'm, I'm the most important one here, all right? <laughs> yes. All right. Adios. Yeah.